0: No, I'm pretty sure you've said multiple times that you are Hispanic. No? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's that people, I people that.
1: mistake you as that when you're in vacation in Mexico. I don't even know anymore. You know? I mean, I live near Spain. Does that count?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my best friend is Spain. I'm going to have enchiladas does, for though. dinner tonight. <laughs> you're having tapas How for it? dinner? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's awesome. stuff. I love
1: tacos. Do you do you have Mexican food like often? Yeah, but not good stuff. Do you? <laughs> we don't. No. We don't. No. We don't have good stuff. Um, a lot of the time, I'll um, just get stuff from supermarkets or like Costco has got a pretty decent selection of stuff. But it's Costco, so it's as good as mm-hmm. Costco can be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's no shade of Costco. I quite like some of their stuff. But we've got like Taco Bell is like the dominant force mm-hmm. for Mexican food over here. Um, Oh, so you do have authentic stuff. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Authentically disappointing. You you have that Baja Blast. That's all you need, boy. (laughs) I'm not sure they sell Baja Blast, actually. Uh I'm not sure they do. I've never had Baja Blast. I keep hearing about it. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. If you ever come to the States, uh, let's hook up. I mean, (laughs) a couple of different ways. But also, uh, I want to take you to a Taco Bell. There's a specific way you can get the Baja Blast. Do you know what Baja Blast is? It's like a Mountain Dew varietal.
1: I, I I I knew it yes. was I knew it was Mountain Dew, um, okay. but I didn't okay. know how different from regular Dew it was.
2: Look, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's an acquired thing, right? Like it's hard to put into words, but it is quite refreshing. Um, if you want to be a newbie, sure, you can get a cup and like run under the little fountain thing and and fill up your cup and drink that. Or you can be a legend, go in there and just use your hands as a cup hmm. and just let it hit. It, just hold it in your hands and then drink that. That's what I like to call a Baja finger blast.
1: You'll oh, fucking love it. Brent, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of finger blasts.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ladies. Hey.
3: In my right. head, I
0: thought that's different than what I'd heard a, a Baja blast or finger blast was because I thought that was whenever you're on a dune mm-hmm. buggy. But it's like mm-hmm. the scene from Fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. So it's it's very bouncy like a roller coaster, but it's a little different. But you're you grew up different than I did, so you have a the baja finger blast when you drink from your hands in a Taco Bell.
2: Yes, yeah, I think maybe different it's regional. Man, wow, even though we're <laughs> from the same same region, <laughs> but so far apart though, right? I mean, like th- that thirty minute difference, you know, growing right. up, uh, it's it
1: is it really all the the difference you could get. You got to draw a line somewhere, right? <laughs> there, has to, there has to be mm-hmm. there has to be a division somewhere where on one side of that line they're doing it on a beach buggy and the other side they're just finger blasting the shit out of it so <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's
1: got to be a line <laughs> and depending on taste you might need to step over the other side of that line but still
0: oh right. man um, well here's the should thing Should we just start there i think we should because uh,
2: it's why not i don't know we're doing it i'm steven I'm Brent and welcome to let's talk about stuff today. uh, I'm just excited for a couple of different reasons. You know, I'm excited because we're going to get to watch a couple of movies and and discuss those. Of course, those movies are Birdman starring Michelle Keeson as Birdman, Jackson Nichols as The Jester and directed by Tame Bourbon, who also directed his follow up movie birdman r- reruns and um that one stars mitchell frizzles as cat lady danny de niro as the pelican christopher walker as more cowbell and of course paul rubens as peewee condom pot oh wow yeah i'm very excited those to discuss the those with you names of everybody involved that's crazy i mean they were said on the air so it has to be true right. <laughs> do you know they but actually also- sell
1: condom pots over here in ikea <laughs> okay wait
2: <laughs> <laughs> You just throw your meatballs in there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the other reason I'm excited is because of the uh, third voice you're hearing on this episode. With us today, we have returning guest and the host of, like, I don't know, 45 other podcasts and shit. Dave Roberts, a.k.a. LTAS Winston. Welcome back to
1: Let's Talk About Stuff. Hello, gentlemen. It's lovely to be back. And, uh, yes, you may call me Winston. You can call me pal. <laughs> you can call me anything you like. But just call oh, wow. me. <laughs>
0: okay Okay, there you go see
1: i feel good about this episode already yes
2: yeah that does me uh, good I mean, It has <laughs> to be good, you know? We already <laughs> sung its praises in the outtake, so... We did
0: so hard. We had to be make, fucking yeah, good. The pressure's <laughs> on, we have to deliver now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited because uh, we're going to talk a lot about Batman stuff. Uh, obviously, we, last week we did Batman 66, the movie, and uh, I'm excited to get Dave's history of Batman and, and just kind of all, all over the place, but we have uh, Batman 89 and then Batman Returns to do today, but... Uh, before we jump into those, I think we have a, a few mini-topics, some Batman-related, but uh, I'm going to get mm-hmm. a couple out of the way real quick, uh, just some other Shut. stuff I, I've watched recently. So, um, on an uh, impromptu an accidental uh, double feature of Michelle Pfeiffer movies, while I was in the middle of Batman Returns, my wife and I, like not f- right in the middle of it, but I was trying to watch that here and there, and then uh, my wife and I that night decided to put on What Lies Beneath with her oh, and... Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, we liked it before or whatever, uh, but it was it was cool. I, I Last time I feel like I watched it a few years ago, it didn't hit as well, but I think this time it did. It's pretty long, I feel like it could have been a little shorter. Uh, by the time I got to the end, I hear like, that a lot,
2: <laughs> but like the
0: opposite, <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> uh, by the time I got to the end, it was, uh, it was like, you know, the, the everything's like ratcheted up the, the intensity, the, the suspense. And I was just kind of like, well, wa- you know, watching the time. And I was like, it's not that I'm bored now. It's just that I was bored for like 50 minutes, you know, before. Uh, but it, it still was, uh, had some good moments in it. It's uh, Robert Zemeckis. So he's always messing with, you know, like, uh, Anime, not animation, but like CGI and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, to, to varying effects. And uh, it had some cool stuff in it. Some of it's still kind of dated or whatever. But really what I realized through both these movies is, God damn, I really like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's and great. I really liked her in this. So uh, Harrison Ford was good. He, he kind of takes on a um, more of a, not a villain role, but like a, he's just kind of like a, a shitty husband instead of like the charming kind of guy we usually know him as. That's kind of different. So I liked that as well.
2: But I, really it was just her. I thought she was standout in both of them. Uh, and reading about what, this movie. Was there a scene in the movie where they were having sex and then he finishes mm. way early? Mm. And then she's like, what happened? He goes, I shot first. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it was Han Solo.
0: Oh, I see what you Wait, I see what you did there. Yeah, there we I go. Okay. It. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, totally. But the weird thing, okay, you haven't seen this movie, though. You're just guessing this, right? Because you don't know that she's oh, wearing oh. a grito mask for the first half of the oh movie. My God. <laughs>
2: But it's just like purely by coincidence, yeah. That's what's so weird yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, but Don't look into uh, each other. That's it. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: her her performance shines through the mask, even you know, which is beautiful. So, wow. um, but yeah, so fun times. Uh, the other one that I watched was uh last night. Uh, I thought I had shown this to my wife a long time ago, but she didn't really remember it. But um, there's a movie called Frailty from 2002 that's uh Bill Paxton's directorial debut, he's in it, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Um, it's basically Matthew McConaughey goes to this, like, sheriff's office, and he says, um, my brother is a serial killer, and my dad was a serial killer, and I'm gonna tell you the story of, like, what happened. I just killed my brother, and here's the story of, like, where it all came about, and it goes through this, like, twisty, turny thing, and, uh, I just really like Bill Paxton, and, um, it was his directorial debut, as I said, so seeing another work from him when he's an actor in it as well, which I think he's good, but, uh, I think he does a good job of it, so... Matthew McConaughey's good. Um, there's some other people that show up in there. But, um, yeah, it's a cool, like, um, suspense movie from, like, the early 2000s. And uh, I think it mostly held, held up and stuff. I think my wife liked it. It's got some, like, religious undertones and the, everything into it. But it's oh, pretty great. Good. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so
2: I'm so excited.
0: Brent's like, I'm <laughs> but, out. Um, but
2: you said it was from 2002. And I was like, oh, man, it's like. What 14 15 years ago, and I was like, No, that was 20 that years like, exactly. Oh man, right, I'm so dumb, I'm so bad at math and dumb. That's well, great. it just
0: feels like it can't be that long ago because if Batman mm. was only five years ago, it can't mm. even be 2002 <clears throat> yet. So Absolutely, that's Agreed. what it is. I feel, yep, yeah, um, that's very true. A little thing I wanted to mention was that uh, I live in Houston, and the Houston Astros just won the Baseball World Series. Uh, Britain, you were not invited. No, no one else in the world was also invited. Um, so we are world champions. Uh, congratulations! That's to us, cool. We're, I suppose. we're
1: we're happy over here playing rounders. It's fine.
0: There you go. See, you don't even care. I I didn't even watch the game. I just feel like I had to mention it I'm
2: from here. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's world crazy. champions. But now we don't invite people. Now you're going to be a big sporto. Going oh forward, yeah, right? I'm going to be really yeah. into it. Just yeah. a a fair weather fan is what I'm. I'm pretty sure that's
0: pretty looked highly upon by most people so absolutely mm. yeah, yeah I okay cool you guys I know, that. I
1: know yeah i know a lot of football fans who just like you know whenever they're doing well they pipe up all the time and then when they're not so good it's just like silence i, I that's don't what even, i want to be yeah exactly. exactly we didn't even know yeah. you liked football <laughs> until you started winning yeah exactly <laughs>
3: yeah you get right.
0: it yeah so i feel good about that uh anyway that's all <laughs> i got for that so uh i do hear we have maybe some some connected batman things though
2: Yes, yeah, I want to jump in real quick and mention a couple of Batman things I watched since the last episode where we talked about Batman 66. I watched the two animated sequel movies, Ooh. essentially. Uh, I watched Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders from 2016, and then the following year, in 2017, they released Batman vs. Two-Face, and both of these are available to stream on HBO Max right now. And look, if you like Batman 66, the TV show or the movie, uh, and you were entertained by it and you want some more of it, then these movies are fucking perfect for that because it's uh the the bigger actors from that original cast come back uh Adam West, Burt Ward um and instead of uh Lee Merriweather, it was Julie Newmar who does Catwoman's voice hmm. but uh yeah they bring them back and uh in uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders there's a storyline where Batman like turns kind of dark but not like in like uh uh snapping necks uh <laughs> batfleck version of, of turning dark he just you know it becomes a little more militant and uh and um yeah it it, it gets uh it's like that it's well, like the thing I just said. In, in,
1: there, there are other words i want to say i couldn't think in, of it. in fairness when you're starting from the baseline of 1966 batman not paying mm-hmm. a parking ticket is dark for for that guy you know (laughs) so you know it's not difficult for him to just turn it up a notch where it comes to i'm dark now i'm broody (laughs) oh sure yeah yeah i know what you mean like um I, i i have this problem with people saying oh no batman's too violent now it's like I'm sorry, did you not see him stick a, a massive thing of dynamite down a guy's britches and throw right. him down a sewer? Or, you know, like, oh, why, why, has Batman, why has Batfleck got guns on his car? Did you not watch Batman 89? Like, he's right. always had these things. It's just now you're piping up because you don't like this. Um but the thing is, like, Batman has got so many different interpretations. That's what's great about the C-6 Batman yeah. is, yeah, they were kind of taking the mickey out of it. They were being uh, very tongue-in-cheek. But deep down, it was still Batman. You know, it was still true to the basic concept of what Batman is, which is he's a guy who wants to do right by his city, and there's a bunch of crooks out there, and they're colorful characters, and he always beats them week in, week out. It's just this time yeah. it's like Sock, Pal, Kazam, everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's comic yeah. book. It's proper comic book TV, and that's what I love about Sixty Six, and and that's what I love about those those animated follow ups is that they just follow along, and because everyone's that bit older, everyone that remembers Sixty Six fondly is old enough now that they can handle slightly darker. So it's like right, let's yeah. just turn it up just a just a teensy little bit, but let's keep the tongue firmly in cheek. Yeah, yeah,
2: and uh, uh, you know going into uh, Batman versus Two Face, uh, William Shatner plays the role of Two Face. Slash Harvey Dent, and uh, boy, it's it's bonkers. It's certainly bonkers. But like, the the movies are just like wildly entertaining the whole time. I was having a blast watching oh, those. Awesome. I was very surprised that I would be as into them as I was. And uh, yeah, so if if people like that, check him out at the the end credit sequence on both movies. It has animated versions of the various main characters like dancing to the credits and, and uh-huh. music. And Doing whatnot. the Batu Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. Oh my god, it was uh, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun with those. It was a blast. Yeah, <laughs> biff, Pal, Queef, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. back uh, that's all my uh my bat stuff so uh dave let's move on to you yeah what, uh, what's your history with this character good
1: lord where do i start um so when i was uh but a young young lad uh i used to get comic books every other weekend and in the uk we tended to be a little bit behind on what the us was getting because they would basically mm-hmm. take the stories, they would put them in um, UK-specific comic books, and then they would like sell them. And it would take a little bit of time to transfer that stuff over. So we got a lot of stuff that was republished from years beforehand. So I, I actually, my first Batman, outside of the 66 Batman, which I think in this mm-hmm. country most people started with 66 Batman because it was on Channel 4 every weekend um was actually like the 1970s era of batman um which was kind of like neil adams and uh a a lot of those like iconic artists and and writers of the time that Mm. really turned him super super dark and i remember one story and i i did look it up at one point and for the life of me i can't remember again now and it was i i tried looking for it again i couldn't find it but it's a story about um this kid that is performing like voodoo to commit crimes to to basically get revenge on someone and it ends with this kid basically burning to death and the final scene in this comic book is of this like charred kid's body just laying there just burning and it was one of the most haunting images and this isn't (laughs) a batman comic book this is something that kids can buy um Mm -hmm. so it just kind of Demonstrated the swing that went from the '66 TV show to where they kind of course corrected and maybe overcorrected slightly. Um, but that version of Batman, kind of like the gray and, and kind of mid tone blue outfit mm. of the '70s, is like that mm. iconic Batman for me. So I, I read a lot of those stories, um, randomly. Then I got properly into it around about the time of the death of Superman, strangely, because I wasn't buying. The comic, but in the UK again, uh, because they reprint these things and they print them in in kind of like different orders and and together with other stories, we would get something called Batman and Superman, which was oh, okay. uh, I think a story from whatever the the publication, whether it was Action Comics or whether it was Superman that was running the death of Superman. We got uh we got that and then we got uh something from either detective comics or from batman so you would always get a story from each so i didn't really care about the death of superman but i ended up collecting almost <laughs> all of those original released uk comics i've got them on the bookcase upstairs i'm missing like two or three uh issues from when i didn't pick them up but i have all the batmans from from that era as well so that's kind of like your early 90s i want to say and that was when i was getting really into him he was still fairly close to the 70s version at that point um he hadn't really evolved visually that much and continued to stay that way until probably after nightfall when the whole bane broke his back and Azrael took over and they gave him the big mechanical suit and they were like we need to modernize batman and make him cool and vicious and nasty and so they made him someone else uh, <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> um I, but yeah so i i kind of would kind of touch base with batman every now and then after that point they stopped publishing batman and superman combined at the end of death of superman for obvious reasons it just became a batman comic i got a few of those but never really kept in touch with the story and i was always on the periphery of batman i never really kept up with the storylines or anything like that until Tom King started his run on Batman after they decided New 52 wasn't going anywhere and they went back to rebirth. Mm. And right, Tom I've been King about those, yeah. Yeah, like mm. New 52 was like it was a cool idea in theory, but it just sank with the fans because I think they knew it yeah. was like a temporary thing. Like you don't call it New 52 a weekly series unless at the end of 52 weeks you're going to do something you know different. So rebirth happens and tom king took over as as the writer of batman and i just on a whim picked up the first collected volume of tom king's batman and i think the first story was what hooked me back on it because it was essentially batman can see that a uh, a jet liner is is going to crash into gotham city and he needs to stop it from happening and so all he can do is use the bat jet to fly up get on top of the jet and then use batarangs and ropes to try and and uh, manually adjust the flaps on the plane so that mm. it won't crash into the city. He's trying to basically do the whole New York crash landing thing into the water. And his monologue is going this entire time and he's saying I'm going to die. Like I'm not surviving mm. this, but I need to save these people, I need to save Gotham. And it just struck me as like a really true story to the, what ultimately is the core of Batman is that yeah he, he wants revenge for his family but ultimately his quest is to keep the people of Gotham safe and if that means giving up his life in order to do that he will do that and so this scene of uh, of him going down on this jet and he thinks he's going to die. Oh, yeah, do you? I know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, jet, <laughs> jet fuel might not melt steel beams, but it can, it can give you a raging boner. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, the, the, you know, the, the, this image of him sacrificing his life while riding on the back of a, a jumbo jet. Quiet, Brent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's bareback <laughs> on this jet. Um <laughs> <laughs> was just like it just hooked me I, I just thought oh god like this guy gets batman in the way that i kind of get him like he he understands that ultimately this guy isn't in it for the thrill of it or for the glory he's in it because he wants to help people and do the right thing um and obviously he survives because it would be a very short uh, series if he killed batman off in the first story so uh, after that mm. it just continued on and it gets into this story of him and catwoman um and there's i i made notes of a few standout stories that i want everybody to go and check out if they can because genuinely like they are some of the funniest stories but also they really get to the heart of the matter with with uh, batman there's um a two part called super friends superman part 1 and 2 um basically batman is going to marry catwoman spoilers um, and Superman is like, why hasn't he told me? Why hasn't he asked me to come to the wedding? And uh, the whole thing is kind of like this back and forward between the fact that Batman thinks he's unworthy of Superman's friendship because Superman is this omnipotent God, and Superman thinks that he's unworthy of Batman's friendship because Batman doesn't have the powers that he has but still does the same things that Superman does. Like, he's just an ordinary man. Like, how can I stack up against an ordinary man that fights gods? Um and ultimately, the big payoff is that Lois Lane and Catwoman kind of meet each other and they're just like, oh, hi, you're great. We're friends now. <laughs> you t- you two boys sort your shit out. Um, and uh, like that, awesome. that continues on with Solitude, which is basically just a hen party at the Fortress of Solitude, um, where they just get an excuse to go through all of Superman's uh, kind of uh, um, various things that he has at the Fortress, whether it's mm-hmm. his stash of alcohol, which... He doesn't drink, but he keeps getting given all of these bottles as a thank you for saving him, for <laughs> saving people. So he like he he drinks he, he keeps a lot of these bottles so they get absolutely slammied on these. Um there's like a a pool, this multicoloured pool, which is like if you if you if you submerge yourself in it, you're you're like in complete bliss. It's like the Batman equivalent of the Nexus uh energy ribbon from Star Trek. Like, you know, once you're in mm-hmm. it, you never want to leave. Um mm-hmm. and it's just, and, and meanwhile, you're getting you're getting a page of the of the girls, and then you go to the boys, and the boys are literally just having a chess match, and Batman <laughs> can't enjoy himself, and Superman is just like, I don't know, just completely blind to the fact that Batman is is uh, just off with the theory somewhere, thinking about something else. Um, but all the time, even though he's really distracted, Batman is absolutely obliterating Superman at chess. It's like every single move that Superman makes, it's just check. Check, check, and then right. eventually just beats him. That's I play chess, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> always gets the check against me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have so much in common. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, it, it's just that there's, uh, and then um, the the one which is the most heartrending is some of these days, which um, actually zooms into the examining, examines all of the prior stories, the key stories that Batman and Catwoman have had together. And it even takes into account the fact that there have been multiple different origins of their relationship. So he always says we met on a boat and she always says we met on the street because I think it's a, was it, oh God, was it Batman Year One that, they meet on the street batman is basically dressed up as like a punter he's got like a a woolen hat on and he's got a fake scar over his eye and selena kyle is in the street and she's a prostitute at this point um and mm-hmm. basically there's a, a bit of a coming together and there's a bit of a fight and she handles herself quite well and so she always remembers it as we met on the street and he remembers meeting her on a boat during like a i don't know like a fucking party back in the 60s when the comic book was being first published or something i don't know but um it that's not the important bit the important bit is it fast forwards to way way in the future and it shows you bruce wayne dying he just ups and dies of cancer but they've had this long and happy marriage and she's like super super sad to see him go and it just it examines like this relationship between the two of them and 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 how deep it is and how personal it is to both of them And it's just, it's a beautiful piece of writing. I genuinely, I I think of all of the people that I've read that have written Batman, Tom King is my absolute favorite. And it stemmed from that Mm -hmm. first story in that first volume. But everything that he's done since then up to volume 10, where I'm currently at, has been just excellent. And I've kind of lapsed in the last few months. I've not picked up the later volumes because I know that his time on Batman ended. And much like Final Space, when I found out that wasn't coming back, I did not want <laughs> to watch the final episodes because it would be an admission right. that it was over. And then right. finally they said that it was going to be taken off all platforms and I had to watch it, so I did. And <laughs> now, I, now I regret that decision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should have let it where it lie. Uh, yeah, so um, that that's kind of where I am with the comic books. And the movies, I've watched them as they've come out. I have varying degrees mm. of fondness or hatred for those films. Um, you'll be surprised because the last time I was on here I was defending everything that DC did uh with the yeah. whole um Snyder <laughs> cut and all that kind of stuff. Um but like I unequivocally love the Keaton Batman movies. I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll get into them, obviously. That's why we're here. Um but then something happened and the second mo- the, the 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 two movies that came after that, Forever and Batman and Robin.
3: <laughs> Look,
1: i i don't i don't mind homoeroticism but giving batman nipples is just a terrible fucking idea like cross the line it crossed the line <laughs> terribly and all of the neon and there was right. a balance that the first two movies struck with this kind of germanic um architecture where mm. they had these big statues especially in the second one where uh, they basically went just completely over the top for it, and you have got these big, big structures. They almost look like Soviet kind of uh, I was statues. Say of them do, yeah, yeah. And I love that aesthetic, but then you take it to the extreme, and you have entire buildings that are just giant statues, and you have a car that's driving up the statue for no reason other than right. it looks cool. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you've got credit card adverts in the middle of your movie, and. <sighs> I like Chris O'Donnell, <laughs> but seriously, like, why Why him? Why him? <laughs> just, I know it. Yeah, and then Batman begins, just kind of reset everything. And since then, I've pretty much enjoyed everything Batman-related that's been on the right on. big screen, small screen. Um, Batwoman I never really got into, but there were issues with being able to watch it over here because they didn't show it in concordance with the rest of the CW network stuff. So, hmm. I didn't really watch that. But what I did see of it, I didn't mind hmm. it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a long way of saying it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's great. That's, that's awesome. great. Yeah. Uh, uh, a couple of things I want to, to mention. So, uh, going back to Batman 66, and especially those animated movies, there are jokes in there about Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson being like, it's like an unspoken thing that they were like, Fucking or whatever, you know, (laughs) but that's something that's so far in my rear view that I totally forgot about it. And I think that's something that the Nolan movies kind of reset uh, because there for a long time before that Batman was a joke. It's like, oh, he's just fucks Robin or whatever. But they reestablished him as a more serious, grounded character in the mainstream public consciousness to where you barely even acknowledge Robin existed, Mm. you know, for the most part. Uh, Another important thing of note is, uh, you know, going back to that, that issue you discussed where Batman and uh, Superman meet up and then Lois and Catwoman get along famously. Uh, A lot of people wonder why Superman would pick Lois Lane. You know, she's just another regular human or whatever. And you know, he's into her mind. He 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 works with her. They, they just have a, a special bond. But also I think it's important to point out from that same issue um when uh Catwoman and Lois Lane are essentially changing clothing. Mm. Um there's a a particular panel that has stuck in my mind ever since I saw it, <laughs> which is this one, and we'll put this on our social media accounts. This is a Hell picture yeah. of Lois Lane. Oh, changing and that's why uh, it, it turns out <laughs> superman uh got a sickness for the thickness because uh <laughs> lois is caked up you got know it, got she's got it. she's got a nice toilet on her so that's that's honestly all i need Also, don't that, un- that explains don't everything.
1: underestimate the fact that he's a massive boy scout and he was once told by perry white that he should stay in his lane at which point it was basically just uh, yeah you know like yeah anyone that doesn't i know that steven is either not impressed by that joke or doesn't quite understand it
0: <laughs> well it's the fact that a lawnmower just started up right outside her window and i was like oh, god f- damn it lawnmowers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lawnmowers let the grass grow for christ's sake yeah so yeah for i sure. apologize no i no. Uh, i kind of missed that is my, yes, my it's problem. all right it was a I silly stay that. in it's your a- stay in your lane joke it's fine because it, it was, was worth it because of <laughs> lois though yeah
0: Yes. And he's in mm-hmm. that thickness and we know where the lane yeah. is cuz I saw it on that it's that in That's that right. us. Mm-hmm. got it yeah, yeah I'm with it I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm, you know, like as a podcaster, you just like always like worried about your own shit. You're like, I hope this isn't like recorded. Like we, Britt and I've had times where we're like, oh, that did not record on my end at the end. You're like, you're just so worried Mm -hmm. about it. And then I heard this kick up and I was like, well, maybe it's going to be in passing. No, he's just rolling right outside. And I I, uh, (laughs) hope it doesn't pick up.
1: Is he rolling or is he just standing there staring at you through the window?
0: He's just, like, lawnmower (laughs) revving, just, like, staring me down. Fucking lawnmower, man. I see your microphone.
1: We we found your kite, man. There we go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. So I wanted to say that I'm glad for those recommendations, Dave, because I've been trying to read some more uh, Batman comics. I've not read a lot. Brent and I were talking about how he had recommended a few, and I know I, I had read them, like, a few years ago, but I don't remember a lot, like, uh year 1 and then the long halloween i feel like i might have finally read but uh, i i forgot about it until you guys were mentioning it that i did read a few lately cuz i wanted to get a little bit of the like original history of batman so i did read uh detective comics number 27 the first the oh. first showing of batman mm. um just to see what it was like and my my first takeaway is God damn, their pictures are so small and their writing is – there's so much writing. Mm, Um, It's so different from like modern comics. Like I'm still such a new – I feel like such a noob to comic books. And I was like, man, I didn't really realize it was this way. Um, But there's so much explanation with that. And I'm like, you're a visual medium. Uh, It's wild how it's changed over time. So that was cool, though.
1: It's kind of painful sometimes to read those older comics. And and this isn't just DC. This is Marvel as well. Like, I've got a compendium Mm -hmm. of, like, classic Spider-Man stories. So obviously they've got the original one in there. And it's just like. Everything is explained within an inch of its life, even down to the comic book cover where it's like Spider-Man with the guy under his arm. I've got a a Uh, canvas of it in my room and he's swinging and he says, people may mock the mild-mannered Peter Parker, but they will marvel at the amazing Spider-Man. And it's like, okay, so you didn't even trust us to find out who he was inside the pages of your right. comic. You wanted to put <laughs> yeah, that yeah. on the front of your book. What are you doing? <laughs> but that's just right. how it was back in the day. You know, it's, it's charming in a it's way. It's kind of quaint. Yeah, yeah exactly. It it's
0: like, it, it is charming. It's, it's like sometimes, um, I don't know when I, it's like when I watch psycho, like I love psycho, but I'm not scared of psycho. I, I recognize it for what it did and it's of its era. And I like it for that reason. Halloween's mm-hmm. a little bit of that same way too. Um, and this is kind of too, it's like, it's kind of quaint for its era and it's nice. Um, I also think I started Batman number one from 19, 1940, I guess is when that one started a few years after okay. the, the detective comics, just to see like how that went. I was trying to go online to find, um, like major points, characters that were introduced or whatever, but I was surprised that in the first issue of, uh, that Batman shows up at detective comics, like commissioner Gordon is right there with him. Uh, I was surprised that was the character that was already introduced. Um, and, like, I'm just not knowing a whole lot about the history of, of that character or whatever. But um, it's been fun to kind of uh, find more of these. Brent has given me some more recommendations. I'll take yours into account as well, Dave. Because especially with the new stuff, I didn't know where to go or where to start, you know, what, what I would like. Um, but I like the the movies so much, I figured I would like
1: some of these mm. comics, you know. The, so. the, the great thing about them having so many false starts with New 52, Rebirth, things like that, mm. is that they've got a lot of natural jumping on points at this at this time there you go um, yeah and i say at this time it's been a few years now but even so like if you just have one character that you want to focus on batman or flash or you know wonder woman uh, i mean there's, right. a, there's a brilliant wonder woman that was doing the rounds not too long ago i can't remember who the author was but they were doing some really good stuff with her um really reaffirming the feminist kind of like ideals of, of that mm. property and and the um the uh i think everyone's aware of of the was it a film or a TV show where they went into the creator's background and what his kind of beliefs were regarding sexual freedom and all that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like so it was a movie, maybe? Yeah. Might have been a movie. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah. everyone's aware because of that of what Wonder Woman kind of was meant to be. And there seems to be a lot more people that understand that that are now being brought in to write that character. And I think that's something that's happening with a lot of characters now is yeah. at least that's how it was because. Now with the whole Discovery Warner merger, I'm mm. uh, don't get me started on David right. Zaslav. <laughs> really, don't get me started on him because I will go red in the face. More so than already, yeah. but I I do wonder about um, who's being put in creative charge of different things. I think that the fact that they've got um, James Gunn on board mm-hmm. as like right. the the, mm-hmm. the head figure of DC uh, movies now is a really good move. But they, he needs to have the autonomy to surround himself by like-minded people who are able to get that job done properly. Mm-hmm. And I'm already hearing stories about him and Dwayne Johnson butting heads because Dwayne Johnson is – I love the guy, but he's full of self-importance where it comes to Black Adam as a character in the in, in the overall mm-hmm. picture of the DC Universe. And I'm sorry, but Black Adam is a very strong character, but he is not a tentpole character of the DC Universe. He's very much a, a side character – and that's because of the fact that Shazam was never a big character in DC. He was mm. something that was picked up from somewhere else and then incorporated into the universe later on. And so he has his moments where he beats the crap out of Clark Kent and then they, they have a word and they're friends again and that's the end of it. But, um, right. Yeah, so I'm a little bit worried about the creative direction of the, uh, the comic books as a result of what's happening at um, mm. uh, Discovery, Warner Brothers, but the gun thing has got me slightly more hopeful that maybe they're leaving right. that alone to to sort itself out and they're just going to cancel a bunch of shit elsewhere and leave DC the fuck alone cuz I don't need you right yeah. I don't need you writing <laughs> off green lantern please like the movie wasn't that bad you don't need to get rid of the entire character um, but yeah so there's there there is a lot of good stuff there's a lot of good jumping on points at the moment I would definitely say rebirth is where you want to go because that's what the current yeah. thing um spins off of uh, you can start on u52 but you're going to end up with everything being basically canceled and started over again so uh, right. tom king is a is a good writer i've not read any of the other stuff that came i know um snyder's court of owls stuff was very popular I had it on the list uh, yeah, yeah i heard about that i haven't that read it cool. myself but i've yeah. heard some really good stuff from people that i trust on the matter so uh, that's cool. something that i'll look into at a later date um But yeah, like I've, I've got a bunch of stuff on my shelf that I can probably dig out after we're done and I can just like give you a a reference list of stuff um there's a yeah uh, yeah
2: you just gotta you gotta push all those dildos out of the way to to get to the bat books absolutely you know? yeah well
1: the good thing they is like up, yeah. uh, most of them are quite springy because they're those ones with the suction cups you can stick on the side of furniture oh yeah so i can just <laughs> absolutely. like it's, it's like uh it, it's, it's like david attenborough you kind of like pushing his way through the undergrowth of the serengeti oh, yeah you know you just kind of pop yeah. your way through the dildos and uh-huh. there are the bat books <laughs> Yeah. That's
0: a
2: beautiful and now we visual. We approach the hentai dildo section.
0: <laughs> I also imagined it like uh, in the Ninja Turtles 2 when they have that clown that keeps coming back and he keeps hitting it away and it keeps coming back. <laughs> and it's like you just keep bouncing away and they just keep hitting you in the face. You're
2: like, I'm just trying to get these books.
1: You know? Weebles, yeah, they yeah. wobble, but they don't fall down.
2: <laughs> there you go. Steven, when you were reading those old Batman issues, did you notice that Batman has purple gloves? In oh, I don't remember that, no. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't that much that attention. Always, that always stood out to me because it's like his costume back in the day is black. It has blue highlights, which is what they would use back in the day because gray didn't print well. Mm-hmm. And then also gray because... Uh, gray printed well enough for them to, I guess, use that. <laughs> Whatever the case, but um, he has a yellow utility belt, and then at a certain point, they're like, and then gloves, gloves,
3: mm, what color? Um,
1: purple. <laughs> Let's have fun with it. You know. Have, okay, so this is the interesting thing. Have you seen Bob Kane's original concept for the Batman character? Y-
2: yes. Yeah, he's like I have not. No, it's this. Yeah. Oh my god. He's, wait. Yeah. Is he a, yeah. Blonde. It's I like a tell. blonde guy. He's got like a, a Robin Domino mask on, okay. red costume, and again, we'll have this yeah. on our social media as well, so people can check it out. But this was his original idea for it. Um, Stephen, I don't know how much you know about Bob Kane, but um, he's a bit of a shyster. He's a dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Probably a better way to put it. I've heard uh, things, but, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah, I don't understand he, it all. I guess he's credited with creating Batman, even though like he did like kind of some like general. We should have a guy called Batman. Hmm end of story like that's that's it for the most part he did this red costume blonde hair guy
1: far far be it from me to bring a certain billionaire's name up but bob kane is kind of the elon musk of the comic book world in that he comes Mm -hmm. in and he claims other ideas and other people's hard work and then profits off of it bill finger is the guy that we should be giving the credit to and i think that a lot of people have put a lot of effort into making sure that he is given his due and in the most recent batman movies he has been given his due he's been given a co-credit on the creation of batman as a character um so yeah bob kane came up with the idea of what if we had a guy who was called batman and Mm -hmm. what if he wore a red outfit because all bats are red right and then Bill Finger was like, maybe we should go with this instead. And he came up with what eventually morphed into what we know as Batman. I just wonder, because I, I I brought that up because I wondered if the purple gloves were maybe Bob Kane's way of getting his splash of color into the character.
3: <laughs> Could yeah. be. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. Like, he's um, that petty. He's just like, no, I want purple gloves. <laughs> Give me fucking right. purple gloves. There's
2: a, there's a wonderful documentary called Batman and Bill, which is uh, all about bill fingers uh, i think it was his granddaughter was trying to get him Mm. uh some type of credit Mm. uh ongoing credit for all of his contributions to the batman mythos because he yeah he did a lot of it like the costume a lot of the villains the joker catwoman the Batcave, batmobile all this stuff that we think of with the bat mythos is all because of bill finger and his contributions yet uh, for a long time whenever you would see um anything related to batman it's would say batman created by bob kane and that was yeah. it mm-hmm. it's like dude you just came up with you verbally said batman aloud, and that was more or less your contribution yeah you know? yeah but so did bill finger mm-hmm. work for bob kane was that how the
0: like i think they
1: both worked for he? what became eventually dc i'm not even sure they were dc at right. the time um, but yeah so basically any any work that they did and, and stuff they right. came up with kind of ended up because it was a very unfair time for artists and creatives um, if you came up with something mm-hmm. I mean it still is to an extent if you look at right. like video game uh, companies um, there's a thing about spin tires at the moment where um, mm. somebody came up with the concept for spin tires on in their spare time while working for another video game company he published mm. it it got published by a separate company and then the company he worked for said oh this game uses all of our code um Mm. so maybe it's our game after all um and Mm. so you know it's the same thing comic book creators for a long time um there were creators that didn't get the credit and the economic recompense for the things that they had made and it's still a problem today uh although there are some creators who have a lot more cachet and can ultimately kind of say what their terms are if you want me to work for you you're going to have to agree to this but there's a lot of comic book um Houses that were created by comic book writers and artists purely because they didn't want to get dicked over by companies anymore. Um mm-hmm. Was it, I think Image was that one?
2: I wish. Yeah, it yeah. was founded because uh, the the creators, the the seven original Image founders, all worked at Marvel and they were getting fucked yeah. over. So they were like, "Well, we'll start
1: our own company." And they, yeah, did. and look at them yeah. now, like publishing. Mm-hmm. Thundercats and Transformers and Christ knows what else. Like they did all right for themselves. um So you know. It, Wait, is that what they publish over there? I in, in the UK. I have Image comics, which are Thundercats, and um yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Okay, yeah, it was like by Wildstorm at the time. It may or have then, been, and then they republished them, or it yeah. might have been a more recent imprint <laughs> of because this is like Thundercats: The Return, which is a very adult story. I know we're talking about Batman here, but th- these are animals. Mm. They're cats. It's fine. Yeah. you know,
3: um,
1: <laughs> It's very, very adult in as much as like o has been in the Book of Omens for like a decade or so while he was away training. While he was away, Mumra took over Third Earth and New Thundera and he subjugated all of the Thundercats and Wily Kit and Wily Cat. I can never remember which one's which. But the, the mm. girl one was locked up in a dungeon and sexually abused. And Jesus yeah, like it goes properly dark. Damn. Like, you Don't give this to your kids. Damn. This is made for the kids that grew up. Um, right. It's a really dark book. And I bought volume one and I've never bought another one since. Not because I didn't want to, but just because <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much darker this goes. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. lot, man. Damn. Well, there we go. Well, hey, on that note. <laughs> just call me the conversation killer.
2: <laughs> well, uh, how about we just slide over and talk about the the two movies at hand. We want to talk about Perfect. Batman 89 and then Batman Returns from, I think it was like 92? Yeah. 92. If I remember correctly. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, like the general idea is that we would kind of discuss these movies separately. But again, if we need to ping pong back and forth, that's totally fine um steven do you have the cast list for, for 89 pulled up yeah so batman
0: uh, was directed by tim burton screenplay by sam sam ham sorry i really stopped my <laughs> Sam i am and wait and warren scaran <laughs> why do they both kind of rhyme that's so weird warren Scarin <laughs> and sam and hammond and, all right um <laughs> starring uh michael keaton as batman jack nicholson as joker kim basinger uh robert wool Billy D. Williams, Pat Hingle. I don't know who he plays in there. Um, Jack Powell. I think that was Commissioner Gordon. Okay, Hingle. I thought. Yeah, I like uh, that era. It's like I don't know him from stuff. He's like a character actor. He shows up and stuff. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people on my notes. Uh, some of my notes that I did write down. I was like. Uh, when Jack Palance showed up, he's he's Jack's boss yeah. or whatever. I was like, oh, Curly from The Legend of Curly's Gold. Got it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just connected him from, like, other 80s and 90s movies that I know, um, all these people. Um, and then I, I thought it'd be uh, worth it. We don't usually say produced by, but I think part of the uh, aesthetic or the reason this got made were or John Peters and Peter Goober, Goober um who mm-hmm. produced both of these movies um so yeah that's uh everybody involved in that so uh certainly they are tim burton movies through and through they tim burton has this certain aesthetic Brent and i talk about this sometimes uh it's almost like i liked a lot of it for a while and then over time it was just like it's so it's so specific an aesthetic i, I got kind of sick of it i guess eventually or like a, like some directors you like a lot of their stuff in a certain period of time and then eventually they just kind of peter out for you or whatever um, I will say though, for me, going back to watch these, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to like them. The last time I remember re- revisiting these movies was uh, after the Nolan verse had come out, and that those movies I liked so much, and they're so different and serious and dark, and they feel it feels real, like in a way that it feels like this. There could really be a guy dressed as a bat going around a city, and these feel like they feel like cartoons in a way. They they're so. I've been watching the uh, the Batman animated series as well, and oh, it uses, yeah. it uses wow. the same music. Um, from Danny Elfman, that, I, I should mention him as well because the the score for this is so iconic. Um, but it's been uh, interesting to revisit all of it and kind of get that aesthetic. And and um, I I used to not when I revisited it after watching the Nolan verse, I was like, ah, these, these aren't for me anymore. I, I really like Keaton, but I'm not sure these are going to be my, my main jam. But I gotta say, rewatching this time for me, I was really pleasantly surprised that I, I liked it as much as I did, and it it really felt so nostalgic. I loved just revisiting my childhood a little bit. So uh, I'm certainly curious for you guys as well. Uh, Dave, did you want to start us off with your history of Mm -hmm. Batman 89? Like what you remember of it coming out at the time?
1: I think I remember first watching it around about Christmas time. Probably it would have been 90 or 91, uh, one or Mm -hmm. the other. And um, I I mean, at that time, I'm what, seven, eight years old? Uh, Wouldn't have been old enough to watch it in the cinema. So I had to wait for it to come out uh, on TV. And I just remember specifically the scene at the end where they're in the cathedral and they're um, hanging from the side of the building. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, the the laughing box that Joker has on him uh, mm-hmm. that they fish oh, out of yeah. his pocket. Like That's kind of like the overriding memory from that first time of watching it. And then like a year or two later... I remember us uh, driving past a cinema in um, in Lakeside which is a kind of big outside shopping mall um in Thurrock and uh, the cinema had Batman Returns on the uh, the marquee and mm-hmm. I remember looking up at it and I at that time 92 we're talking about me being I would have been 9 yeah probably 9 years old and looking at the marquee and seeing it was rated as a 15 because back then we had, we we only <laughs> had universal PG, which was parental guidance, and then it jumped to 15, and then 18 certificate. Mm. Uh, then eventually they gave us like 12 and U12, which is basically it's a U, but you need to have a parent yeah. with you. Um, and I think it would have fit into a U12 category. Uh, yeah, you, possibly. you need more nuance for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I missed out on watching the second one at the cinema as well. But yeah, like my memory mm. of the first one was just basically seeing Batman on the screen for the first time and then literally like a week or two later getting uh, a Joker and a Batman figurine, like the little action Mm -hmm. figures. And Batman had his little clip-on cape and Joker had a little canal in the back that you could fill up with water and you could um, put a little... um, Kind of like one of those bladders that you use to pump up a, a blood pressure arm. Uh-huh. band thing yeah it plugged into the back he filled it with water and you could spray water out of his little posy
2: <laughs> oh, i'm sorry okay. his, yeah.
3: his, his yeah,
1: posy so. his little um, it's like, little flower, oh, like one is yeah, a little flower yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, british, yeah, yeah, it's british Right. so and of course the first thing i did as a stupid child mm-hmm. was i took batman and oh and batman <laughs> had um his utility belt um came away from him and it had like an elastic cord on it um, so you could attach the belt to something high up and then let go of Batman and he would zip up like he did oh, when yeah. he rescued Kim Basinger in that, in that scene um, uh, when the uh, the Joker's goons were after them and she lied about her weight. Because that's great, isn't it? That's, that's <laughs> something that flies in today's uh, day and age. How are... You lied
0: about your There's weight. A... Yeah, some, some weird uh, jokes in this movie. And there's yeah. all uh, an era as well, you know, that, that this one, uh, came out in that is different from now. But there's funny revisiting right. some of that as well. But mm. uh, man, there were so many toys from the era that were so inventive. I love that yeah. there's so much involved in this, this one, you know. But um, I can't remember specific ones that I had. I remember more of like the commercials for so many that had so many different Batman action figures with more accessories. It was always like, all right, uh, now this one is Batman in the snow, and since Batman's in the snow, uh, he's got uh, bat snowshoes, mm. and then he's got this. Like they had so many, but they were all—they all looked like the coolest fucking toys in the world. I wanted all of they them. They
1: did, but the, yeah. the problem, especially with the Schumacher era, um, and and sorry, but it's a license for me to hate on him again. Um, <laughs> ruined my Batman, you motherfucker. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry, you may have to bleep <laughs> me there. Um, he, th- they they would be like, okay, here's the movie. Um, here, here's like Arctic Batman. Like you were saying, Stephen. Right. Um, mm. there isn't an Arctic scene in this movie. There isn't right. even a cold scene in this movie because <laughs> Mr. Freeze doesn't turn up until Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like here, here's gold Batman because for some reason he needs golden armor. Why? It's just like
0: to sell more toys. It is right. it's exactly like, to sell yeah. more toys. They
1: didn't care yeah. about the tie in with the movie. They just wanted to shift as right. many Batman toys as they could. And it's obviously a backlash from, I think, was it Batman Returns where McDonald's had a a deal with them for Happy Meals and the movie was so dark that they couldn't shift Happy Meals because parents didn't (laughs) want their kids to have Joker. uh, Not Joker. They didn't want uh, their kids to have like penguin figures because he was just this hideous thing or something. I can't remember the exact details, but there was definitely a lot of drama Mm. over a McDonald's tie-in that didn't end up happening. And I think McDonald's got their money back um because the oh, movie weird, went yeah. too hard basically someone said to it, tim burton returns does yeah, it does yeah, and it, it does go hard did either of you see the um the special features uh that were attached Mm-mm. to this movie on the blu-ray they have shadow no. of the bat which is like a um uh in about 2005 i think it was they went and interviewed everyone that was around uh, about their involvement in the movie and tim burton said um i just come off of edward scissorhands i wasn't sure if i wanted to do another batman movie and so I basically said as much, and they said, "What if we just let you make a Tim Burton movie?" And he said, "Okay." Mm. And so that's why right. that's why this sec- the second movie is so Tim Burton, com- even compared right. to the first one, mm-hmm. um, because he was basically just told, "Okay, just make your own movie, make Edward Scissorhands with Batman," and he did. Yeah, you know. So, but it was mm. too dark for McDonald's. Right.
2: Yeah, I did. I did notice that about Batman '89 is like they they both look <laughs> like they're directed by Tim uh, Tim Burton, but it seemed like the the sequel has a lot of those washed out like blues and greys that I associate with him and find myself getting annoyed by. But uh, the the first movie has more like golden browns and whatnot. It, it seems uh, a, a little more, um, uh, or I guess a, a little less uh, with his typical color palette than uh his subsequent movies outside of Dumbo which I'm not seeing I won't see it I don't care um it's actually it's like bad. returns I, is like ratcheted up right like yeah. it's like it's turned up I think so yeah, 11. yeah because yeah. It, it firmly takes place in like winter time so there's right. a lot of white on the screen as well uh, a lot of contrast between the the white of the, the the general backdrops and then uh the black of the buildings and uh you know the shadows on people and whatnot um I, one thing that we don't get a lot of anymore, but used to be a staple of superhero movies, is starting your movie by traveling through the logo of the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the character or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, I remember that in the Spider-Man movies and that, like, Nick Cage ghostwriter movie. And then we got it here in Batman 89 as well. I was like, oh, shit, I remember this. Mm. Like, you have the, the score play and you just, like, have everyone's name show yeah. up. Uh, on screen, just before just right? Everything, just go with and it. And it. it's a miniature,
1: yep. it is, right? Yeah. Like it, it's it's yeah. actually a practical bat symbol that was built big enough that a camera could travel through. Because oh, they okay. they That's have awesome. they have so many um, sp- practical effects in this movie, and they're all um, like miniatures and like mm,
3: three quarter yeah. scale
1: or whatever. And and it carries over to the second movie as well, but the first movie especially. Um, if they couldn't do something in camera it would be the hokiest animation you've ever seen so like that first image of Batman <laughs> looking out over the city with his shadow trailing yes. behind him
2: right the the top
0: down oh, so yeah. bad yeah.
1: but so good so good yeah. you know but it's, it
0: feels right <laughs> it does I, I, you can tell it's, it really, it's not it's like animated you can tell it's not real mm-hmm. but it just it's just like oh yeah this is fucking Batman though
2: you know I was so baffled by that I went back and watched it Two more times immediately after I saw it upon <laughs> yeah. this rewatch, I was like, wow, what an odd choice. Like they didn't just like park a camera high up above something and have like a green screen and do some compositing. They were like, no, let's just hand animate this yeah. and make it work. But like, OK, whatever. I kind of went with it. Same same thing with the miniatures. You know, it, I could tell they were miniatures, but that's just how you made movies back in the day. I didn't I didn't.
1: And there, the there's a charm to it as well, because if they tried right. to do that through CG at the time, it would have looked absolute ass. Like, it absolutely yeah. would. There's no way with the budget that they would have had for Batman, um, because th- this movie, this first movie went through a long and arduous development cycle where nobody wanted it. And then everybody did want it, but they didn't want to pay for it. And then they got Tim mm-hmm. Burton on board and then he wasn't sure if he wanted to do it because they were talking about d- changing things. And then they said, okay, go ahead and do this version and that version. And oh, God, special, special, uh, special, uh, edition, uh, Blu rays are wonderful for all that information. But, um, there are composite scenes in that movie as well so they weren't like they used every single trick under the sun there's composite Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. there's uh you know there's um just regular ass like animation as bad as it looks at times um there is a there's a suspicion of cg in one scene but i don't think it is cg i just think it's really well done um but a lot of it is green screen stuff and things like that and it it Mm -hmm. kind of does have that hokey look but it gives me that same warm fuzzy feeling that I get when I'm watching Ghostbusters where it's like the the proton streams look really badly composited onto the image and Slimer is very obviously somebody with his arm shoved up his ass um, and Mm. and then added on in in post he does like it look at that smile on his face (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that's right they don't call him Slimer for no good reason Um, (laughs) (laughs) self-lubricating um I'm never coming back, am I? Um, Oh, my God. But um, they they, they make the best of what they have, and it has this real charming effect of everything done in camera, every done practically, and the things that are done through composite or green screen. You can see how the sausage is made, but you don't care because it's a really engaging and fun movie. Um, Even down Mm -hmm. to – I never noticed this until I was watching it in in high definition – but Jack Nicholson's prosthetic that goes over his mouth – in certain yeah. scenes, you can see his real lips kind of coming inside oh, of the opening for the mouth, and it's mm-hmm. just like I, I was distracted for half a second, and then I was like, "That prosthetics really good,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it is. It yeah, looks really good. Yeah, it was.
1: It was impressive. I, I, I haven't seen these
2: movies in like close to twenty mm-hmm. years, so it, it's been quite some time. But my memory of Jack Nicholson's Joker makeup was that it was good and re-watching it I, I watched it on HBO Max I, I assume they have like the highest quality version sh- yeah. available on there right and I was I was kind of uh, noticing throughout the, the movies like oh I bet this you know they maybe didn't plan when they were shooting these movies back in 89 and then 92 that we would have these high definition uh, televisions to, to be able to watch this and and sometimes it looks a little bit hokey. Um, Steven and I were talking about that first, uh, I guess maybe it's the third Nightmare in Elm Street movie where the definition is so good, you can actually see some of the wire work oh, right <laughs> there. Uh, but like, I, I really didn't notice a lot of that in these two movies. Um, I, I was curious about the Joker makeup. I thought it looked great. Mm-hmm. It looks like it may have hurt to have on. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I thought it looked fantastic and he was still able to act through it and oh uh, he was all of that stuff no yeah mm-hmm. really i mean even mm-hmm. as
0: jack the before he turns to the joker like mm-hmm. uh yeah. amanda watched a little bit of stuff uh, with me my wife she also had not seen these in a long time but and i was like i don't know if you will like them or not like we'll give it a shot so she did and she was not that into the the first one she maybe watched like 45 minutes of it but um just with her alone or with him alone like she was first off we were both like what era does this take place in? They, they are gangsters like they are from like the 40s or 30s. And mm-hmm. they, they have like suits and fedoras and stuff. And yeah. like, I think even their cars maybe are old or they have like, I don't know. There's like uh, an aesthetic to it that feels kind of like timeless uh, or out of time. Um, but I loved mm-hmm. the the whole vibe of that. Um, and, it, and it carries through with the cartoon that I've been watching, the animated series, the same kind of way. But um, yeah. But he, in particular, though, I just thought he was fantastic. He, again, it's like with the Nolan movies and Heath Ledger's performance, like that Joker to me is just fucking crazy, mind-blowing, so good. And Nicholson's is so different. And that's kind of why I like, I think Dave, you kind of mentioned this earlier, like there's so many incarnations of Batman. It's kind of fun. You get to pick your flavor uh, wherever you want to go. And like you can like it for different reasons, but... Um, yeah, I thought he was he was really stellar. I thought Keaton was stellar as Batman and I thought Nicholson really was mm-hmm. uh, a stellar first choice for a villain in this movie, so. Uh, do you remember hearing about the
2: the controversy when Michael Keaton was picked
1: Mr. To, Mom. to play yeah. Batman?
2: Yeah, yeah, people were like <laughs> pissed funny. off about it, but like we didn't have social media or the internet at that time, so it's not like people didn't really hear hear about it and you know, I was a child when these movies came out, so I I didn't know any other way. Right. You know, I, this just simply was Batman. I didn't know about Mr. Mom until like years later. I was That's like, a great oh, movie, too, by the way. Batman yeah.
1: does comedy. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there's, a there's a lot yeah. of
1: um, stuff on, on the, the making of. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about like the New York Times and the Financial Times and all these kind of newspapers about how they were reporting on his casting. And they were really mm-hmm. shit-talking it at the time. They were saying, like, "This why would you cast this guy? He's comedy. He he can't do a serious performance. This is going to ruin the movie. And you did have some people that were, like, writing in saying, we don't want him as this or that. But I can only imagine just how bad it would have been um, right? In, in this day and age with Twitter and, and Christ knows what else. Like, it would have been an absolute nightmare for him, I bet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It is funny, though uh- –
1: I love Michael Keaton, and I love
0: his comedic performances. There's so many good movies from the 80s and stuff that I love of his. And it does in my head a little bit. I, it's hard, again, because you said it's like we were kids when this came out. So I he just was Batman. I didn't even mm-hmm. – I didn't question it. Um, I was four years old, I think, when Batman 89 came out. And so I was like, whatever. Uh, but – I also looking back, it's like he's—I I don't know what it is. Uh, I kind of have curly hair when I when I'm not bald, um, which is you know years ago. <laughs> uh, if you time travel, I used to have curly hair, and and I don't know if I, I just because I had it, it's just like I just didn't like it or whatever. But like I I when I see him, it's just not what I think of Batman. It's not what I think of like this strong macho man for some reason, like some something in my yeah. head about it or whatever. But he's also amazing, and I love him as Batman. I love him as Bruce Wayne. Um, I'm, I'm excited for his return Even though there's so much controversy About the new Flash
2: movie But his, his well, You said that you've, you've pre, pre-bought pre A theater's worth of tickets right. For that Flash movie But it was before the controversy uh-huh. I didn't realize I didn't know uh-huh. better Okay. I'm going to have to have you check the date on the receipts. <laughs> oh, God. Don't check the date. No. I just
0: bought it yesterday. No. <laughs> but it's like I'm excited for him to come back for that, you know. But I ha- I, I, have varying versions of my favorite Batman or, or Bruce Wayne uh, among the different people. But um, at the end of the day, though, I, I can kind of understand the controversy with him. But at the same time, I get, like, why he's great. Much like I understood the controversy of Batflick. But I... For all the like movies might have issues, but I think overall like I like bat I like like as Batman like that works for me um mm-hmm. Keaton's kind of the same way for me I guess
1: yeah the, the problem with Keaton was that like he's like you say he's not a physically imposing presence right so right. it was always going to be difficult for him to match up to this idea of a Batman who can get someone by the collar and lift them bodily off the ground. Um totally but when he's in that costume there's just something about his presence that just convinces you otherwise that you just you have just kind of accept it you fall into it you're just like I'm having a good time I don't care if he's Michael Keaton inside mm-hmm. that outfit because all right. I can see is a chin and some eyes and god damn he's got the eyes for it he's absolutely got yeah. the eyes oh, for yeah, it yeah, there are moments in that movie dreamy Uh very dreamy but there are moments in that movie Tim Burton knows exactly what he's doing and this doesn't make any sense in real life when you do this but like he's he's in the outfit and he gets up and he looks up dramatically and then he just pauses for a second and you're right. like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? But it makes but sense. Damn, that looks cool. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the Instagram generation, this of, works.
0: Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Tim Burton does a lot of. Um, Eye lighting work as well. I noticed that mm-hmm. he does a lot of shots where they're mostly in shadow. The the women too in this I would notice with Catwoman or um, even Kim Basinger in the first movie and stuff. That it would it's just like this bl- this light right across the eyes that just highlights everything. It just it's very mm. uh, comic booky in a great way. Mm. Um, yeah, he has like an aesthetic that feels kind of old Hollywood. Um, you know, like like these old gangsters and stuff. He's he's melding these genres and and dates and stuff
2: together. And uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, I think it works. Yeah. I I was uh, impressed with his Bruce Wayne. Again, I haven't seen these movies in twenty years, so I my memory of it was that he was, I don't know. I guess it's just been uh, ten plus years of being beaten over the head with Batman is great at everything, to where his Batman is like very humble. Like his Bruce Wayne is uh, mostly humble as well, and uh, a, a lot of people in this world don't really even know who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. So when they show up to his mansion, they're like. What this fellow looked like, you know. I, I, we're not friends on the gram, you know. I don't, I can't, can't remember what he looks like. So, um, and then he's kind of not great at being Batman yet, you know. Like, I really wish that we got a third movie in this trilogy, me too, just to see where that would go, to see if he would like level up his like, uh, Batmaniness. Um, this is not quite a year one story, but this does seem early on in his career to where he's still like fucks up from time to time. Um, I started reading the the Batman 89 comic, mm. and in that first issue, toward the end of it, he, like, he fucks up big. Uh, n- not really spoiling anything, but, like, I, I just like that aspect of Batman is just human. He is flawed. And working within those parameters instead of making him a godlike character because that's how people see him even though that's not actually true you know
1: I mean I'm I, I fall into the Morrison perspective which is that like with, with with the right amount of foresight then he could prepare himself for most occasions but I do also think that it's been overplayed
2: Stephen, he's lost his mind cut his mic
1: I do I do also think it's been overplayed to the point that it's become meme worthy um and I, I actually saw uh-huh. a uh a, a a panel from a comic yesterday it was batman and wonder woman and he was on femascara and she's got her boot on top of his head crushing him into the ground and the person that Mm. had posted this uh this particular line um basically said batman without the prep time and it was just like (laughs) do it was basically just him saying i surrender you know i i give up because you're like a god level powered person and it's absolutely right Mm. like in in a world full of um god level powered heroes and villains it's Mm -hmm. kind of folly to expect him to be able to outdo all of them but also we're we grew up with the idea of batman as being the world's greatest detective and so if sherlock holmes can tell why you're visiting him by looking at the dirt under your fingernails and then it's kind of believable that batman can to an extent and i emphasize the the phrase extent or the word mm-hmm. even extent um foresee certain situations and he can plan for those situations so there are things like he has there there are episodes of justice league where batman takes the entire league down for one reason or another and like mm-hmm. the reason for that is that he's planned in advance for the day when he can't trust them anymore and he has to take them down so he has kryptonite in reserve Mm-hmm. um he knows that the green lanterns historical uh weakness has always been the color gold or yellow or whatever um i don't know where that mm-hmm. stands now after the whole um spectrum of lanterns was was brought into the universe um you know so there he knows what everybody's weaknesses are he knows how to deal with them but he shouldn't be prepared for absolutely everything because that makes it fucking boring and that's getting back to it that's what i like about tom king's version of batman is that he can deal with a lot of things just offhand because he knows how to deal with it because he's prepared for it but then things blindside him from time to time and he's not ready for them and that's where his challenge comes and i just think that's the way to go with him is to say i actually they they dealt with it really well in dark knight yeah the dark knight uh the, the second nolan movie um where was it was that Rises or was that just Dark Knight? I can't remember now. Uh just Dark Knight. It was Dark Knight, one. okay. Yeah. The naming yeah. conventions get me confused with that. They should have called uh, yeah, the, third the third one third something just, different. Yeah. Um they just add the word rises. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so like he he does some detective work. He find he goes into this apartment, he digs a bullet out the wall or something like that, and he's he, he retraces a bunch of steps and he figures stuff out. Um the Batman that came out uh earlier this year? Or late last year, the the Robert Pattinson one. Oh, um, right. mm-hmm. he strikes me as being a much more kind of like cerebral detective, like Batman. But mm-hmm. he, both of those characters were still waylaid by something that they weren't expecting, because you can't. It, it would be superhuman of you to be able to plan for every eventuality. That's something not even Superman could do. And if you watch All Star mm-hmm. Superman, he's like a genius level intellect. And if you read tom king's batman he's a guy that can't even beat batman at chess so like he varies from place to place as well mm-hmm. well to be fair to clark i mean
2: in the back of his brain at all times you just think about that ass man like <laughs> oh so, yeah you know especially when she's yeah. dressed up as Catwoman. Like, i bet he was very confused I, that night let me <laughs> let, let me uh let me lose this game real quick yeah, you know? absolutely
1: yeah.
0: wait were they swinging yeah. that night were the women
1: changing clothes? No, they and all then were. Switching they, they went to a, a theme park that had a strict no admittance to anyone not wearing a superhero outfit um, policy. So Batman dressed okay. as Superman, Superman as Batman, Lois Lane dressed as Catwoman, and Catwoman threatened the guard with embowment if disembowelment or was did she just bribe uh-huh. him? I think it was violence. I think, I think she threatened <laughs> like, violence, or was it? Or it may have she been violence. She, she found a way to get in just wearing Lois Lane's outfit. So. You know, because Catwoman uh-huh. be Catwoman. Um, right, exactly. You don't fuck with her, man. <laughs> you do not fuck with her.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> no. amazing.
0: Um, I wanted to uh, mention a, a few. I, I know we had a few notes. We all kind of mentioned that there was so much to talk about that we didn't write down a ton or whatever. But uh, I don't think I mentioned his name. And I wanted to to specifically call out this Alfred. And uh, there's so many different mm-hmm. versions of Alfred. And there's that new Pennywise show. I think it's what it's called. Pennywise. Yeah, yeah that's the clown, right? No. Uh, Pennyworth. Is that, Is that what it's called? Uh, Pennyworth. Pennyworth. Pennyworth,
2: yeah. I was like, Pennyworth. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. No, and it's like, it even says, like, the origin. That would of- be funny if, like, <laughs> that's how he found himself into the U.S. He, like, smuggled himself.
3: And he's the same like, guy. through the sewers. same guy. Wow. Didn't know yeah. it. Uh, had, had We all float up here. Thomas Wayne <laughs> found it. Master Wayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but
0: Michael Gough, I think is how you say this yeah um is yeah. uh is is Alfred Pennyworth in this movie and uh, I always liked him too I remember him I don't remember what they were but it's like I feel like there was like a Pepsi tie-in or something like there was some like commercials in this era that he starred in or you know he'd be bringing something to Batman in the Batcave or whatever like he as well was just part of the marketing machine um, and I, and so, yeah, I had a note that I wanted to specifically call him out because uh, I like his
2: performance uh, amongst other uh, great Alfred performances. Oh, my God. The, their relationship as Bruce Wayne and Alfred was spectacular. Like if you can nail a Bruce and Alfred relationship in any medium, I think you're you're you've got it solid footing for whatever story you're trying to tell, because that relationship is so wildly important mm-hmm. you know it's it's not quite father and son but it might as well be you know
3: yeah,
1: there are some versions of batman where uh, alfred is is essentially his father and he does treat him as such yeah. um and it's only right because in every version of the story alfred is the one father figure that uh that bruce has had growing up um and he's such a important figure in his life that it's only right that he be treated that way and I, I love Goff's performance and the fact that he was like the one constant in all of the Batman movies uh, all the way through until they rebooted it. I mean, that says a lot about him as an actor and as a performer.
2: The The actor who played Commissioner Gordon
1: was in all four movies as well. Oh, God. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I hate those Schumacher movies, so I only remembered golf. <laughs> Don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> you know,
3: the, uh, yeah, no, yeah, a little no, bit. The,
1: this is newest. <laughs> I'll write that down. Uh, you know those shoemaker movies. Upon
2: watching Batman sixty six into Batman eighty nine and then returns, it seems like the shoe is it Schumacher. I've Schumacher? always said Schumacher. Yeah, Schumacher. Yeah. Okay. the The Schumacher movies seem like they fit in between those two. Like they ride. They're like a, a transitional point even though they take place later i guess in the the timeline or whatever right honestly they might as well be like totally unrelated yeah. or whatever but they're, they're very corny they're very colorful you know there's at one point Batman has a credit card that says Batman on it oh, uh, yeah you know wow I don't Dave, know if people can hear
0: that the audibly, the roll, right
2: yeah. <laughs> that Dave just came but
0: damn it felt around the world man don't give yourself vertigo shit okay. I'm excited to watch those we're not we're not covering them on the show but I'm definitely gonna mm-hmm. hit them up as we uh, I, okay I've been waiting to watch those again at least just to see them because i watched them when they came out right but, sure uh, yeah. for, for a long time but i i knew i wanted to rewatch these two first and you know watch them all in a row but uh mm-hmm. i'm i'm intrigued enough because i really like some of schumacher's work as well like lost boys is one of my favorite 80s horror movies but then when he misses it's like such a big whiff and this one i mm-hmm. from what i remember are just they're just terrible and yep. uh so i'm i'm intrigued because i did like Batman and Batman Returns a lot on this rewatch and I imagine those will uh, be worse. The
1: other ones will be worse yeah. than their, their watch, <laughs> I mean, the rewatch. So. I, I think Batman and Robin is, is rightly uh, considered to be the worst superhero movie of all time. Just yeah. mm-hmm. out yeah. and out the worst. It's Ooh. awful. I don't know. Have Have
2: you seen Catwoman? Dave? I have. The I have. very Oh, oh, okay. okay so you've, yeah. you have okay.
0: strong feelings about it. I still have not seen the Catwoman movie ever as well. So. Don't. Don't do it, Stephen. Steven,
2: <laughs> Steven I, I like to still watch stuff, but I would not recommend you do that. That's I'm
0: that's not saying it's a good thing.
1: movie. I don't have time. I'm not saying it's a good movie, yeah. but it's definitely not Batman and Robin. You know, it's oh, just wow. not that okay. bad. It's
3: see there you go. It doesn't
1: have awful product placement. It doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger giving the worst performance of his entire fucking career. Um,
0: it it does. I remember parts of those yeah, that. It, it yeah, it doesn't
1: have ice skates magically appearing out the bottom of their boots uh-huh. for no good reason. Like if you want to complain about Bat God, that's where you want to complain about Bat God. Because having yeah. emergency ice skates that you never needed to use in your entire <laughs> career, and then finally one day you encounter a cold-based bad guy, and you're like, "I fucking knew it, Robin. You owe me twenty bucks. Yeah. I fucking told you." <laughs> Just awful, awful I stuff. Love it. Um, on the plus side, Uma Thurman in very, very tight light.
0: Yeah. But I remember her performance. Well, I don't know. I guess her performance. The whole movie, all the everything about them was just so cheesy. Mm. I remember her her being cheesy in it. Um, Just, it just nothing really works. But she's so great. Like I love her and her casting in that kind of role as much as I like Michelle Pfeiffer and Michelle's, you know, casting in her role. But it just doesn't play out the same way. It would have been so interesting to see, like Brent said, had the, uh, had there been like a trilogy ender for these, uh, I'm glad we got these two, I guess, but it would have been interesting to have like a, you know, a capped off thing. I'm also in the middle of that Batman 89 comic because they had mentioned that it continues on these two movies and kind of forgets the Schumacher ones. And I was like, all right, that's an interesting, you know, exercise. So I'm going to try that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my other notes, cause uh, Dave, you had mentioned one of your, like most memorable scenes of them hanging off. That thing. Uh, I think it's funny because we were all young watching these and have different things that stick in our head. And when I watched the movie, I knew going into it, this is one of my most memorable scenes. But when I watched it, I was the nostalgia that washed over me was amazing. Uh, and the scene I'm mentioning is the scene where they are eating dinner and she asks him to pass the salt. And they are 50 yards from each other. Yeah. (laughs) And for some reason, that scene is the scene from this movie that I was like, oh, we finally got here. I got so excited. Oh, wow. I remember it so vividly for some reason because it's so absurd. That he's just eating soup across from her. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I can get up and pass the salt whatever. I don't know why it sticks in my mind so well, but uh, I
2: they, loved it. They have trouble hearing each other. because they're so <laughs> yeah. far away they, actually, they actually it's put their hand
1: yeah. to their mouth to magnify <laughs> what they're saying. It's, yeah, I That's a it. good scene. What, it's so quirky weird. I, I did I make know. a note about that scene as well, funnily enough. It's because of what comes after that, where they're in the kitchen and Alfred is telling stories about how beautiful scene yeah and it was just that really kind of summed up the relationship that bruce and and alfred have that they're so comfortable with each other that alfred even though he's basically his employee is able to tell these really embarrassing stories and rather than just threatening him with redundancy um bruce is just sitting there with his head in his hands just embarrassed because it's just like when a parent or a grandparent is telling a funny story about you it's like you can't be mad you love them you can't be mad um it's just a beautiful little scene. It's it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. just low key moments in that film, just because For it sure. it really just um, gives these characters that kind of emotional depth that you wouldn't get if it was just to the cave Robin. You know, like you need you yeah, need right. some of that personal stuff to to kind of like emphasize everything that's happening. Um, mm-hmm.
2: uh, I thought it was interesting in this first movie that Batman and Joker kind of create each other. Because in the flashback, you see mm-hmm. that Jack Napier, who becomes the Joker, killed Bruce Wayne's parents, and then Batman pushed uh, Jack Napier, or I guess it failed to save him from falling into that vat of chemicals mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, where he became the Joker. And I don't always like that, but I like it here. You know, it works for me here. That's like, uh, the, that, change, that storyline changes, right? I
0: know I've, uh, I've heard about that mm-hmm. before, like who actually killed his... Parents, it's not always the Joker. It's normally Joe Chill. Joe Chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is this? Was this the first time this came about, or is that like a comic thing that it could have been the Joker? Do you guys remember that at all?
1: There have been Uh, there there have been comic books where they've talked about multiple different ways that he came into existence. I know there was one that I read, and I can't remember where it came from. It may have been the Killing Joke, where they tell a story about a failed comedian who um, falls on hard times and ends up being recruited into this criminal gang um, to rob a chemical plant and he puts on the Red Hood. And the story, the part of the story that is always the same is that there is a guy called the Red Hood who is wearing this Red Hood, which is almost more like a red test tube with a bit of cape coming out the back of it because comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, And he falls into a (laughs) vat of acid and he becomes a Joker. That's like the constant that you always get. Huh, okay. Um in the comic books anyway, because um, right. you know the, the, the um the reboot movies kind of issued that and gave us lots of different things, none of which were acid related. Um but <laughs> in, in this movie they do give you like a definite uh origin for the Joker. And I, I don't mind that for this movie. Um I, I think it works if for the comic books to have the Joker constantly changing his story and constantly making things up on the fly. I like the idea that mm-hmm. one of the ones that we've heard is the real one, but we just will never know which one it is. Yeah, um, yeah. They've even gone to the lengths of having more than one Joker so they can have a different origin for mm-hmm. each of them, which is it's an extreme way of doing it. But if it works, it works. Mm. Uh But yeah, I I like the fact that they went this way with it. And something which I picked up on watching it this time, which I've never picked up on before, because it has been a few years since I last watched it, and the original Batman is not the one that I watched the most. Actually, Returns was the one Mm. that I had on VHS and I would watch until the tape just tore in half, Mm. um, was the fact that I don't think that the Joker's smile in this version was caused by the chemicals, despite the fact that he then develops a chemical which makes everyone die with the same smile on their face the yeah the 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 way that things work out is that he tries to shoot batman batman uses his gauntlet to deflect that bullet and it hits napier in the face right and initially it looks like it hits him in the eye because he holds him mm. his his eye and all the blood kind of gushes out from the from underneath his hand, but then it looks like it's more kind of like round the bottom of his mouth when when he's hanging um from from the gantry hoping to try and get pulled mm. up um and then after the Beautifully shot, but completely nonsensical scene where his hand ri- r- rises up out of the water. Right. Like, I'm going to keep the rest of myself underwater, but I'm going to hold my hand right. in a dramatic pose for a few minutes. I am drowning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a- after yeah. that happens, you-, you see him in the surgery, and the surgeon says, I couldn't repair the nerve damage, Um, and you see the tools that I'm working with. And so it kind of became at least clear to me that the smile that he's left with is as a direct result of the bullet that he fired at Batman. So, not only did Batman create him, but he kind of created himself from his own mm. actions. Love um, that. But then he develops the Joker. We've added Norman Smiley, um, reference for wrestling fans out there, um, <laughs> <laughs> the big wiggle. Um, and uh, apparently everyone dies with the same smile on their face. So now I'm not sure whether I was just picking up at things that weren't there or. I don't know. Yeah.
2: There, there was a a file folder on someone's desk where it it said something about like a nerve agent, and it had a bunch of people like back in like Vietnam Mm -hmm. or some shit where they had that same smile across their face. So, which is something I I didn't pick up on uh, until this Mm rewatch, you know. Um, So, I guess it's like kind of explained. Maybe, like, in a, a few possible different ways. I kind of, yeah, because I had kind of got the doctor angle, too, because he says,
0: like, I'm sorry, you see what I'm working with, and it's just, like, a limited mm-hmm. amount of tools. And yep. then uh, mm-hmm. there's also a, <laughs> a Gruber sketch that mimics this part that uh, – where he has, he keeps getting plastic surgery and every time they come back he's it's gotten worse and worse and at the end he's like give me that mirror and he looks at it and he's like it's not so bad and he's just fucking hideous and so that's what I imagine when I saw this like he's just it's not so bad like uh, so the whole scene to me was just I don't know it's he's the Joker it's funny or whatever but uh, I kind of got yeah I kind of got both I guess uh, but I like. This, I like this Joker that leads into my, my other thing. The, the other big memory that I had was the, the art museum scene oh, yeah. that they repaint everything and the, the mm. Prince music in the background, yep. um, which is just again, iconic for this movie in this era. And, uh, for, I don't know why, what it is. It's the, the past the salt of the table, the long table scene. And then that art museum are the ones that are really stuck out to you me. Like, but, you just like people um, yeah.
1: sitting at tables. I think.
0: I just love tables. You guys yeah. ever just sat at a really good table?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, love I, the the, I, 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 I'm, st- I'm still in my wrestling mind now because the only other person I can think of that loves tables as much as you do is Devon Dudley. Um, Does he throw people
0: on tables though?
1: He gets the tables. He knows where they oh. are. He, he's the one that retrieves <laughs> the tables because he has some kind of. He's not even a wrestler. He's just an assistant who
0: knows where tables are. I guess so, yeah. Like he, he has this yeah. extra
1: dimensional power, very similar to oh, some wow. of the X Men where he can just reach under the ring and open a portal and pull a table out from nowhere. <laughs> it's
0: really special. It's like the ice skates, he has tables he has absolutely multiple yeah, tables you, you never know when you need them yeah
3: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stephen loves tables so much that i we've been together at, at certain points and we'll go out to dinner or whatever and he'll be like he'll like kind of with his hands feel the table be like this is a solid table then uh-huh. the waiter will come by and be like who made this table jesus christ himself is that right i, I say, say it him. all the time i say it all the time <laughs> all the time constantly yeah it's i i'm tables. trying to, say,
0: I'm trying to compliment people mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah was jesus the a carpenter, carpenter though, or was he just the son of a carpenter because it's very presumptuous of us to think that just because you're born into a family with carpentry skills that you yourself become one. Well, his name is Jesus Carpenter Son, right? So I just
0: assume yeah. that at the time you did have to be, Yeah. Um, uh,
2: you had to go into your father's
3: business. That, that does so, make sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there, there weren't a lot of options back in the day. Like, I heard Jesus tried to start a video rental store, but they didn't have that technology yet. Oh, that's too So he was just, like, sitting on copies of The Sandlot for a long <laughs> so time. So ahead of his time. Had a so way to ahead watch
1: of it. his time. Yeah. He
2: didn't he kept know where like he trying to like Yeah, he was trying to rent those movies out, and nobody would take him up on it. And he'd be like, God, you're killing yeah. me, Smalls. <laughs> it's a reference to this thing you should watch. <laughs> oh, you don't, have a, you don't have a VHS player? He,
1: well, I mean, God. it was right in front of him. He should have opened a bread and fishes store. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have heads, yeah. pure he could profit. Have started the Empire. You know, all mm-hmm. the tables yeah. you can flip. Like, perfect, really. It's- <laughs> he also big big table fan. Big table fan. Yeah. In, unless
0: they're he, in He has that big picture where he he puts his arms out across the table. He says, Look at this table. Yeah, everybody. he loves that
1: table. It's a long table.
2: Let, is a really
0: long. Any, anyway,
1: I, I think I've brought up enough blasphemy today. Um. <laughs> no, no, I got, I got one more.
2: So somebody goes to his his bread and fishes mm. store, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, I would like some fishes." And then Jesus is like, "Fuck, I turned it all into bread." Oh. God damn it, me, damn it. <laughs> me, damn, me. That. <laughs> he puts on his like fisherman's hat. He's like, oh, "All right, I'll, I'll get back. I'll this. be back in seventeen days." <laughs> oh man, I hope you're still alive. I'm just off to the then. desert. Uh, um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about some uh
1: some final notes for batman 89 oh I've, I've got we'll, i've uh, got lots of leftover we'll notes off. if you want me to burn through them uh, oh Please. yeah go, okay go so ahead. um i like the fact that the opening of the movie is a massive red herring on the origin of batman like they're following the same exact beats of yeah. family coming out of That's cinema cool. going down an alleyway getting <sighs> caught by some bandits and then who rescues them but batman himself the big reveal both of batman mm-hmm. but also the fact that oh no this isn't an origin story not like you're going to get in 25 years time um <laughs> the the plan that they always had to bring harvey dent back as two face in a later film which is actually i believe something mm-hmm. that maybe picked up on in batman 89 the comic book um right. yeah. so yes. that's the reason why they got a heavy hitter to play harvey dent um billy um Billy D Williams Billy D Williams, yeah. D. Williams. Mm-hmm. yeah, it
0: felt like such a missed opportunity when you when he doesn't come back and returns at all no.
2: and you're like, "Oh, well, that's weird. Like that's a really heavy hitter, mm. you know." Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like he could have been the mayor. They could have cast him as the mayor in could this movie. Could have been. Movie.
1: I don't think that that's an unusual you know? career move for a district attorney to mm-hmm. get interested in politics and yeah. and just move into that area, but Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. um speaking of people that should have been in the movie, um Interesting to me that they've got Boss Grissom, when you could have had Falcone. Very easily could have had Falcone. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. um,
3: yeah.
1: Eckhart is basically Harvey Bullock, except for the fact he's not called Harvey Bullock. And I don't know why they did that, except that he gets shot and killed. And maybe they mm-hmm. wanted to keep their powder dry on Bullock. Again, I know... He's the- that guy looks... So much like yeah. Harvey Bullock
2: from the, the comics and the animated series. I was like, oh, that has to be him. Then they call him Eckhart. I was like, are they referencing Aaron Eckhart <laughs> yeah, from know, a future movie? <laughs> Everybody's like, hey, time travels. He
1: was the cop <laughs> yeah. on the take,
0: right? Yes. That's yeah, He talks like this yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: He was good. I, I like that. I guy. have more yeah. notes on this man. Um yeah. <laughs> the uh, the drawing of Batman Please. that uh, they give to known sex pest um Nox, the, the the sex pest um guy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that guy is. Awkward. Um it, it's it's signed Bob Kane, which is yeah. nice, except that again he's a glory hog. Um in that same <laughs> scene we then get the uh the fact that uh, Vicky Vale has come back from a photojournalism uh uh project in Corto Maltese which is only a reference that I now get, having watched other Batman media and finding out the Quarto Maltese. Um no, what is that? Um, Maltese is a island which has is featured in a few different stories, including, if I remember correctly, and I might be getting this wrong, I think it might have been the island that Suicide Squad took place on recently.
3: But uh-huh. I could be wrong on that
1: one. But Quarto okay. Maltese is a fictional island which has popped up in other media that I've watched in recent years. I think it did feature on the CW Arrow show at one point, possibly in flashbacks as well. But it was nice to see that they were picking up on, because Quattro Maltese, I did my research on this, um, not enough to remember exactly, but enough to give a ballpark. Uh, it yeah. wasn't actually something that was a part of the DC universe until the mid eighties anyway. So this was only, I think it was 1986 that it was first referenced in DC comics so it was only three years later that they referenced this in, in right. Batman the movie, which... And
2: I just looked it up, and yeah, that is the island they wind up at on uh, in hey. the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn directed There we out. go. Yeah. Um,
1: so the fact that they're doing Easter eggs for stuff that was only invented three years previously totally. is something that they would get so many brownie points for if they made the movie today, but I think it went completely under the radar back then because most people right. were like me. They didn't have a flicking clue, you know um i've already talked about Knox being a sex pest um jack <laughs> but it's worth
0: mentioning again because he does it worth all mentioning the time. again um, <laughs> yeah. vicky vale
1: has got the patience of a saint and uh quite possibly yeah. britches of iron because that's the only way she's keeping him <laughs> out um <laughs> jack palance how the hell do you get right. jack palance in a movie where he literally is only there for 10 minutes of airtime that's ridiculous it must have been a great yeah. payday for him good lad um, right. Okay, interesting fact. Uh, the week before you guys asked me to come on, I was watching The Antiques Roadshow because I'm that kind of guy. And they mm-hmm. had a uh, that they were at Nebworth uh, Manor, which might not mean anything to you guys until I tell you that the exterior shots of Wayne Manor were filmed at Nebworth Manor oh. in England. Oh, cool. Um, the interiors were shot at Hatfield Manor um specifically the armory scene was filmed in the marble halls um and they're just two stately homes in england i don't know if the rest of the movie was shot on location in the uk in, in studios but it might have been Ooh, it would have made more sense than for them to go right. to the uk for stately home shots and then come back and, and film in the in uh, the us but i don't know um okay we're back to eckhart everyone's favorite harvey uh uh bullock stand-in um shoot to kill know what I mean wink wink (laughs) what's not to get (laughs) what what am I missing like if you say shoot to kill yeah what do you mean actually don't kill him what the yeah if you say wink wink I'd actually be like I don't understand I thought I did understand but now
0: I don't shoot to kill
1: know what I mean if someone says no I don't sir send them home because they're a liability um right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, the composite in the images, I-, I mentioned before that there's a lot of composites and matte paintings and things like that. They are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Uh, the animation is ropey, but the composite of the um, the um, axis or whatever it's called, chemical plant, is really nicely done. Like It's not seamless, but it's as close as you're going to get. Um, <laughs> then Commissioner Gordon comes in and says, any man that opens fire on Napier will answer to me. And then everybody opens fire on him. <laughs> every man they're like if, if everybody in the class does it, you can't get everybody in trouble exactly. and he's like damn yeah. it you're right and he
0: just goes home yeah. Um, yeah.
1: jack napier sabotages a control panel in the factory and it suddenly turns into a wind machine i don't know why mm. but the paper just starts mm. billowing out of one side of it like it's a wind tunnel i don't understand how but apparently he's a mechanical genius um the um <laughs> the fairground music that they play during um uh, Joker's first kind of debut murder of uh, boss mm-hmm. Grissom is just kind of very memorable to me. Like I remember that music very clearly, and he's just doing the pirouettes and the spins and he's doing gun tricks like he's shooting all over his yeah he's shooting all over his boss yeah this is where you come in with the that's what I say
3: shooting all over
1: him
0: I love Bob yeah remember that whole scene where Jack Nicholson is like skeet 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 motherfucker yeah I remember that That's
1: really I'm amazed he killed him with it
0: though um yeah, it's, I, well. I think
1: everyone loves Bob in this movie just because Bob is Bob. He's great. Um he's he's such a wonderful side character. He's the second in command to Joker. Which one? The kind of lanky-haired oh, guy with right, the glasses, right. with the sunglasses. Um the the mirroring of the you are my number one guy. <laughs> like,
3: that was yeah, great. That was, that
1: was great. And also the fact that he killed him later as well, so it mirrored that perfectly. Um I don't know why uh, he lied about a business trip when he could have just said I have to visit the scene of my f- parents' murder, and it would have just mm-hmm. been perfectly fine. She would have been like, "Oh, okay, no, that's fine. It's not giving away he's Batman. Mm. It's just saying I have no ch- I have yeah. no parents." <laughs> he kind of came up as an
0: awkward Bruce Wayne to me. Like he, yeah. like Brett yeah. said, like he doesn't he doesn't seem to go out as much. People don't recognize him. Um, like they really play up Christian Bale's like you know the playboy. Uh, billionaire type of mm. thing he's just always out there or whatever but I always feel like this Bruce was a little reserved and awkward around people and kind of quiet or whatever um, so
2: it's interesting that way yeah he wasn't quite the playboy mm. that we know
1: Bruce yeah. going to be he, in he, subsequent they're media. definitely playing up the idea of two distinct and equal personalities that inhabit the one person like when he's bruce wayne he is genuinely bruce wayne he is that nervous and and that bumbling and and then when he becomes batman something else takes over and suddenly he's very authoritative um he'll put on the voice even when he's talking to alfred it's very clear that he's not just Mm. batman pretending to be bruce wayne as the comic books often say you know like they make this big thing about like batman is is batman pretending to be bruce wayne the same as superman is pretending to be clark kent um although
2: the uh, Superman's just pretending not to get a boner from thinking about
1: Lois's. Dark, I don't blame but, um, him, because contrary to what I said earlier, his could cut diamond you know yes like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, while I was watching that Antiques Roadshow um, <laughs> thing they had a contest called um, Basic Better Best where they take free items and they say which one is the most expensive which one's the cheapest etc according to valuation they had um, one of the screen used cows from the original Batman movie they had Jack Nicholson's Joker outfit um and they had uh, a utility belt which is the one that they used when you get the scene of him clicking it together because it was all aluminium and stuff mm. um okay. i don't mention that because i'm going to tell you how much they were all worth because nobody cares but i will tell you that jack nicholson's outfit i learned two things about his outfit first of all it's worth hundred and fifty thousand pounds um yeah it wow. was the most expensive
2: that's seven american us dollars Wow. I guess I don't I don't know what the um, is. i well. tell you what
1: it's not far off know. in in today's day and age. You you wait until Rishi Sunak <laughs> is done with our uh, economy. Um but also the uh, the color scheme of his outfit, the purple that they picked mm. was that specific shade of purple because Jack Nicholson is a well-known LA Lakers fan. And so oh. the when he's wearing the gold and purple combination at the end of the film, those are LA Lakers colors like officially. That's yeah, I
0: can kind of see it in my
1: mind's eye right now. That's really—I would
2: never have connected that. Yeah. But he's—he's he's like known for
0: that. Yeah. he's always. It, it was one
1: of his conditions. Wait, is
2: yeah—is Joaquin Phoenix a huge Toronto Raptors <laughs> fan? Is that why he wears a, a maroon? I suit? do not know.
0: Brent, is that really their colors? Do you know a sports team's colors? <laughs>
2: did. It has a dinosaur. Theme, uh, of course, yeah, course, I know what a yeah, dinosaur,
1: you know color dinosaur color is. Team. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Only two notes left. You'll be glad to hear. The first one is just to yeah, reinforce right. the fact that Danny Elfman's soundtrack is just amazing. It's it's oh, so good. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the animated Brilliant. series picked it up and used it. And I, it works beautifully on there. It too. does. Yeah, Same. it does. And mm-hmm. and like I'm firmly in the camp. Of and i this is a hill that I will happily die on, but i don 't think it will get that serious. It will be a slapping match at best going forward <laughs> this is a slapping match i 'm willing to slap exactly on. I, I i will i will slap until I can slap no more, and then I will slap again um, i I think that the the because mar- there's there 's a specific style of music which is called a march i don 't think anyone is i 'm mm-hmm. blowing anyone 's mind by saying this so the batman theme is a march, and the superman theme the original superman theme <laughs> is, is a march as well. I don't think you can beat a good March as a theme tune for a superhero. And there's already been talk mm. about them bringing back the original, um, Superman music, uh, the Williams score for the, yeah. um, the rejuvenated Superman, uh, franchise with Henry Cavill. Oh, praise Henry Cavill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have He's coming back. So happy. So happy. Yeah. I'm less happy about the Witcher thing, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah. Um, and i think that they should bring it back for batman as well honestly like it's such an iconic mm-hmm. theme and i think it works no matter what the tone of the movie you're trying to make you don't have to make it the primary theme but it should feature somewhere along the line because they're just right. they're so identifiable as as being totally. of their character it's as identifiable to them as the s on the back of superman's cape or the bat on the front of batman's uh, body armor you know it just it works and there's no reason why you shouldn't be playing with these toys. You don't have to put the toys away. You can keep using them. You can remix them. You can, you know, mm-hmm. there's no reason to leave those those things um, in in the in the vault. You can bring them out and uh, and make right. people happy with them. Um, and the final note before I stop taking notes because frankly it was too much writing and not enough watching.
2: <laughs> totally. Um,
1: Joker's products give Batman a chance to flex his detective muscles, which when you're making there have been so many movies where people have said oh Batman isn't the dark detective in this movie he's just a muscled up action hero Mm. literally the first movie out of the gate for Batman they show him maybe not being like you know oh riddler's given us this riddle like I, you guys cracked me up last week when you were saying all these different riddles and it was just like oh well that means this this and this and it's just like how did they get
3: to oh man you know
1: like
0: in 66 it was so fucking funny absolutely
1: like, they would just come up with a
0: random machine sh- like you're right that's exactly right your first guess yeah. is exactly yeah.
3: right yeah <laughs>
1: what, what i love about this is the fact that um Batman goes shopping, he buys all the products, and then clearly, off-camera, he has been doing all of these experiments, combining all of these ingredients to try and find out what's causing the problem. And then he finds the answer, and he gives that answer to the police and to the newspapers and everything. And it's just this this moment that just shows that he's not just this guy that's all muscle and, and all brawn. He has brains, and he can use his analytical side to solve a problem even if he can't jump to the conclusion and get the right answer straight away like robin does um you know holy mascara batman it's a combination of the three um (laughs) what he can do is he can just be a scientist and he can take these things and he Mm, can apply fundamental scientific principles and he can get to an answer i love the fact that the first movie into the batman franchise they're already showing us that he can be just as much of a detective as he can be uh, a muscle guy because at the end of the day right. the pressing um the pressing uh threat to gotham city is smelly armpits those news anchors did not look happy <laughs> did they everyone else looked fine but the yeah. news anchors uh-huh. for some strange reason looked terrible um
3: they, they were, were disheveled, disheveled for but the sure. Mair,
1: yeah. Harvey Dent, they mm-hmm. looked fine i don't know where they're getting their stuff from um mm. For a second, I thought "Smelly Armpits" was an actual name of a villain, and I was like, "Where does he come in?" I mean, when you've got Condiment <laughs> King and Kite Man in, in wings, then there you I go. think that It's only a it's only a short leap until we get Smelly Armpits. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, they're a duo. <laughs> there's oh, okay.
3: they're Smelly yeah, and there's sense. Armpits,
1: and when they come together, then they're like Captain. Oh, yeah, they're like Captain Planet. They they're like um, Punch and Julie. Like they they only operate as a as a they duo.
3: To, <laughs> you get them together. Exactly.
1: Wow. Um, but yeah, so I I love that that they actually spent some time to just <laughs> emphasize he's not just the Cape Crusader; he is actually a detective as well, and he can he can solve problems in both ways. So, those are my notes. I apologize um, for the length of them, but <laughs> no, that was great. I just wanted to say I, I also
0: I, I I have actually been a fan of the comic book uh, Smelly in Armpits, um, mm. and and their villains Crotrot. Mm. Uh, and uh and swamp ass are oh. just
3: swamp oh my god amazing so I love
1: swamp ass. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. I, I love what Alan Moore did with swamp ass. It was incredible. He had an excellent run. Really made you re-examine reexamine right. how swampy and ass can be. Yeah. <laughs> Although
1: I'm I'm a bigger fan of the uh, the the monster from Marvel that actually slightly predates Swamp Ass, which is oh. Ass Thing. Um, oh, yeah, Ass Thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, felt- I hear that Slimer from Ghostbusters is based on on Asting. Yeah. yeah, because Asting was actually He's the original self lubricating yeah.
1: superhero. Asting.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love that they brought him back for uh, Werewolf by
0: Night. <laughs> I
3: That's love incredible. Werewolf by oh, Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, my only notes for this that kind of bridge over to the, right, oh, I guess my last notes for this that bridge over into returns are the the bat uh, vehicles i guess you could say the mm-hmm. the aesthetic of all the different incarnations of bat suits bat car you know what is it i, I want to say bat car now is all i can do but uh mobile batmobile mm. <sighs> wow um bat cycles bat planes like all kinds of stuff some of these ones again like the toys were so iconic um, i don't i tried to look up Cause I love looking at the suits and how they change and like how Christian Bale's like they really did like fix some of the stuff with like his neck turning. And then they incorporated that into the next movie or whatever. I couldn't find a whole lot about what changed between the two movies, specifically about his suit or anything, but, um, Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I couldn't find a lot of like, pictures, especially, yeah. but um, any any real kind of details. But I, I just loved all of
1: it. Yeah, so. um, there's a special feature on the Returns uh, Blu-ray where they go into detail oh, specifically awesome. about the, uh, the costumes. And they actually talk about all of the costumes that they made. So Penguin, Catwoman, and, and Batman. Um, the reason that the change between the original Batman and Batman Returns costumes was primarily driven by uh, Tim Burton because he wanted Mm. Batman to be more sculptural than than an Adonis. He wanted him to be less uh, organic and slightly more of the city. And so he wanted sharp Mm. angles and things like that. So if you look at the Batman Returns outfit, he's got um, almost like plates rather than abs. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all straight lines Mm -hmm. and plates and layers and things like that. Whereas the original one, he basically looks like a Chippendale Got a body cast, and, and then yeah, I really. mean, it does it for me. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, in right. both instances, uh, the costumes, <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah, oh, mm. hell yeah, the best kind of wood. Um, <laughs> you can only find it in Nicaragua, though, so it's uh, it's difficult to find. I don't know why, I think it's the guano. <laughs> um, but
3: yeah, so oh the, the
1: main difference is the bat symbol on the chest because in the original for some reason only on the chest does he have the extra flare oh sorry I've knocked my windbreaker there Um, he's got the extra flare at the bottom of the tail on the chest piece Uh it's it's the uh, the bats cloaca ah they have cloacas the same as ducks nice so he can mate with Howard that's Mm. awesome you can fuck anything with the cloaca.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. You've got to be careful of the bobs.
0: That's <laughs> really gotten there.
1: Yeah, with permission. With the, permission. Yo, oh, I wonder I if know. Professor Pig has got a barb on the end of it. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the, the symbol is different. The chest piece is different. Um, the construction mm. methods are the same. Everything is made out of poem. Uh, poem. Is <laughs> made out of bloke. <laughs> bloke. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Are you all right? You need to come in. I've heard of <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I can smell toast burning. Maybe I'm having a stroke. Uh oh. Look. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. um, <laughs> no. Um,
2: <laughs> this is the same problem Superman has when he's trying to uh, save the world. He's got Lois's ass in the
1: back of his mind. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you get distracted. So right. It's, it's made out of blow foam. To... Um, <laughs> yeah. foam. Yeah. Foam. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's black foam rubber, is what it's primarily made out of. Oh, uh huh. Um,. And it's the same material between the first and second movies. Uh, the, 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 uh, the properties of it are basically what you can tell from returns where he rips the mask off at the end of the film. It's mm, very flexible. Right. It's very rubbery. It's very forgiving, but it gets dirty very quickly. Like if you get dirt on it, it's very difficult to get it off. And so they had mm. to make an absolute butt ton of, uh, Batman costumes for him to wear throughout the making of the movie which basically is why when he dresses up during Batman Returns, right. he's got a rack <laughs> of outfits. And rather than taking the one from the front, he he right. goes through them and he's just like, I'm going to have that one. It's like when Homer gets dressed for work him. and he goes into his closet and it's all white shirts and, and blue trousers. Right. And he takes his time picking one for some reason. I don't know why. Um, comic effect obviously <laughs> but uh, yeah
0: it's pretty great because they're exactly the same but they're at that era like we talked about there are so many versions of the suit yeah. that you could have and they could have just been like yeah what well, how many suits but i feel like yeah. you're right like they actually made like 60 of them and they're like well let's just put it in the movie why do you have 60 of them on a rack? absolutely
1: well, absolutely it, i mean know. again going back <laughs> to well. tom king's batman because it's my favorite subject when talking about batman um yeah. there's a scene where he keeps calling um one of the robins chum um like back in time Mm. and and um and i think it's dick grayson dick grayson keeps telling him that he used to call him chum and uh batman is like i never called you chum um and this these these are the issues where they're dealing with the different variant versions of batman and uh recollection and how catwoman remembers a meeting on the street and him on the boat and stuff like that Mm. and so um, Batman comes back with the greatest zinger, the single greatest zinger that I have ever read in a Batman comic book, especially for Batman, because this is a man with no sense of humor, like absolutely none. So he, <laughs> yeah. he says, basically, uh, maybe the reason I called you chum was because you never washed your tights, dick. Uh, <laughs> because because <gasps> chum also stands oh. for smelly fish. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, a,
0: I was gonna say, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like there's a whole Batman 66 shark repellent sort of thing there as well. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that mm-hmm. he is the chum, he was like the bait, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know?
1: works perfectly.
0: Yeah. Book it, but it's because he was, he was Swamp Ass all he along, he was, he was second mm-hmm. career, yeah, in, wow. um,
1: in Central City, exactly. Swamp Ass. <laughs> Nightwing and Swampass, your favorite duo that never came together.
0: That's right. Um, so, uh, Brent, any last notes from you for Batman 89? Not an 89, no. no. We, can, we can move forward with Returns sure. if you'd like. Um, yeah, so I know we've kind of jumped around on a few of those as well. Um, I'll quickly mention mm-hmm. some of the cast in that one since it obviously changed. But uh, Tim Burton came back. Screenplay on this one was Daniel Waters. A story by Daniel Waters and Sam Hamm. So that guy had come back to do the story for this one um let's see starring Michael Keaton Danny DeVito Michelle Pfeiffer Christopher Walken Michael Goff Pat Hingle and Michael Murphy and um -hmm. yeah I thought uh obviously the people know the Joker and Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker so well and I I feel like that was going to be the one that I remembered most but kind of like Dave said when I watched these again for one for me Batman Returns was by far the one I liked the most I had way more fun watching it But it was specifically because it was the nostalgia of it. I remember that I watched this one more. Um, I'm a big Christmas fan, so I specifically like that it was set at Christmas. Brent, I uh, apologize. Did not care for it. I know. Uh, But it's also a very Burton thing. Winter, Christmas uh, type -hmm. of thing, like Edward Scissorhands as well, um, like we've mentioned. But um, yeah, I I like the aesthetic of this one so much. I realized I liked more things. I remembered more things in this one. It's kind of like... um, Ninja Turtles 2 as well. I remember watching a lot more growing up, even though I like the first one a lot now. Um, but specifically, though, I wanted to mention that uh, Danny DeVito, um, and Michelle Pfeiffer as well. I already mentioned her, and she she blew me away as Catwoman. I thought she's amazing. Her outfit looks amazing. She's fantastic, as always. Uh, but Danny DeVito, I was surprised that I liked him more than Jack Nicholson's Joker. I thought he really went into this role, and, like, his gloves and his hands like the whole bit the nose like he really just leaned into it and uh uh what timing that he was the age he was when this came about that he was around to take that role i feel like it was just kind of made for him mm. um yeah and so i thought he was just fantastic so um villains in this one i thought were uh, were pretty cool i think they have two of them kind of a step up and uh everything about it i just i really liked everything just ramped up better to me so in a weird way, Tim Burton and I—we generally say on this show—Brent and I are not a huge fan of his. But like you mentioned, they let him loose on this one, and it's the one I like more. So what am I to say? Maybe I love Tim Burton. Uh, obviously, this one worked. So this
1: is your gateway drug for uh, Tim Burton movies. I think right. you know ultimately that, <laughs> yeah. that this is how it works. This is how it gets you. Um, I I really like the character designs in this one. Um, again, going back to the special features that they have on the Blu-ray. Uh, they spoke specifically about how Tim Burton had this image in his mind's eye for how Penguin and Catwoman would look. And they showed uh, paintings and sketches, because he's, he's quite a good artist, actually. Um, mm, yeah, heard, uh, yeah, So th- there's a lot of sketches and paintings that they show during the special features that show his ideas for Catwoman and for Penguin. And um, you'd be surprised how close his original ideas for them are to oh, how yeah. they became awesome. also danny devito went full method apparently for this uh for, for this film so he did he really eat those fish and yeah. shit because i can see yeah. it oh my god yeah, yeah. it's oh, so boy. gross it looks so sashimi. real like
0: he'd have to it, it's yeah. all
1: it yeah. is it's sashimi at the end of the day you know it's salmon um you can eat salmon raw as okay, long well, yeah. so as it's fresh just with it. and he was like yeah. I, this was my perfect role because i get to eat uh, fresh fish every day uh it tasted really good and uh, nobody bothered me nobody came up to me and bothered me because i was in character all the time i scared everybody um, they told a story right. about the scene where he takes the note from the monkey and he said um the animal trainer told me uh, ran me through what to do so i just walked over to it and i took the note from the monkey and everything was fine and then we got to taking the first take and i suddenly i was properly into penguin mode and i was like wah, wah and the monkey got halfway down the stairs and then thought better of it. He wouldn't come near him because he was so scared oh, of wow. him as they spent the rest of the day getting the monkey used to him again. There and eventually go. they got the shot, but um, he went full method. Um, right. it's creepy. Very yeah. creepy. And it's honestly like one of my favorite Batman villain performances for the fact that they went so different to what he normally is. Tim Burton's idea for mm. it was that everything else in this movie is based on an animal. And if you look at all of the Mm -hmm. rogue uh, villains that Batman has, he's got a guy that dresses up as a scarecrow and he's got gas. And he's got a woman that dresses up like a cat. And in this version, she's got a whip and she can do gymnastics and all this kind of stuff. You've got the Joker, you've got Two-Face, you've got all of these grotesque villains that have these calling card things about them. And then you've got Penguin, who's a businessman who has a monocle and a cigarette and an umbrella right and he was like i want to do more with him mm-hmm. and so he wanted to lean into the animal aspect and make him into a more like a physical embodiment of the penguin and so that's where they got the idea for having him be a deformed child and uh, have the green blood for some strange reason and um it's just such an iconic character honestly and such a creepy one as well i i genuinely every yeah, yeah. time i know it's coming every time he bites that guy's nose as much of a douchebag oh, as that God. guy is and he deserves it every time it freaks me out just because that that one stream of blood that squirts straight out of his nose it's just so well done yeah love it absolutely Mm -hmm. love it and he's a scumbag as well he plays scumbag so well i'm sure danny devito is an absolute darling of a human being in real life i know i've heard but he works uh, so well he does work so well for it and yeah man he's great um the design for the Catwoman outfit, apparently it wasn't the most comfortable for her, as you would understand. It's all rubber and corsets and things like that. But she was a trooper on set. Everyone that was interviewed mm-hmm. said she was so good. Um, have you guys heard the story about the casting of Catwoman? About how originally it wasn't no. going to be Michelle Pfeiffer? No, that really no. intrigues me, because I thought she was perfect. Okay, so, um and... Apologies to the original actress because her name escapes me at the moment. Um, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Dame Dame? Judy Dench was oh going to be uh, Catwoman. No, the, the original actress yeah. was, uh, w- was, was absolutely nailed down for it. She was going to be Catwoman. Hmm. And then one morning, Tim Burton gets a phone call and it's her and there's a pause. And then she says, I'm pregnant. And he oh, said... Wow. I- With pause? (laughs) With pause. Uh, uh, He said, I've I've never...
2: (laughs) It is a dumb joke, but it It tickled me. It Uh, it tickled me right there in my arsehole.
1: He said, I've never had such contrasting emotions. I was really high because one of my friends was pregnant and is going to have a child. And I was in this deep chasm because I realized that my Catwoman was gone. I wasn't going to have her. So right. suddenly they were scrambling around. Everyone in Hollywood wanted it. And as the story goes, and according to Michael Keaton and uh, according to uh, Tim Burton, um, one actress in particular was more enthusiastic about getting the role than others were. And um, that was the, I'm it's Sean something. From Blade Runner. Um, oh yeah, uh, God, what the? Shawn That's Mendes. her, Sean Mendes, Sean <laughs> <Shawn> Young.
3: Sean <laughs> <laughs> Young, Young, Young apparently
1: yeah. turned up on, in in the studio and knocked on the door of the casting director's office or, or Tim Burton's office or something like that. Walked in in full Catwoman gear, vaulted over the the sofa, and said, "I'm Catwoman." And she was in full character, full costume. Wow. She wanted that role so hard that she went full Catwoman for it, and it worked out for her though. Because oh wait, she wasn't. She cat, wasn't. Oh, she no, wasn't cast, cast as Catwoman.
3: <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> anyone that knows anything will tell you you never go full Catwoman, and that's ultimately what cost her. Yeah, but, right. um, yeah. yeah. That's how you get hurt. But yeah. anyway, um, it turns out Michelle Pfeiffer was suggested for the role, and Tim Burton loved the idea. And she worked out perfectly because not only could she do the Catwoman bit, but she could also do the Selena Kyle role. And they're such dual characters, very much like Batman himself. They're two very different characters, and it takes real acting chops to be able to do both convincingly. And she pulls it off. Mm -hmm. Like, during this movie, you completely forget that she was this timid thing. And she's suddenly just transformed into this sassy, murderous siren right um and and it's just it's wonderful to see and despite yourself mm-hmm. for me anyway you get into the, the movie and all you want is for selena and bruce to end up together which is like such an achievement yeah. Yeah. for a character like her doing the things that she did for me to still want her to succeed at the end and be happy and survive it's just it's a brilliant bit of movie making and she's so good in the role mm-hmm. and the gradual degradation of her costume over the course of the movie is really well done from a production standpoint to keep that all Mm -hmm. in line and, and correct. is such a great achievement. And yeah, it's just, God, the design of this movie is great. Yeah, it is iconic.
0: Yeah. The, the design of the whole movie, but her costume in particular, um, I mean, obviously given our ages and stuff, it was, uh, you know, it was of an era and it was like, I had a huge crush on her from, from a lot of Mm -hmm. things, but uh, grace two for one that was like one of the first things i saw her in but uh from this movie like obviously it is it's just sexy as fuck that costume is crazy yeah. um but she's yeah. also so athletic in it like i i know obviously there'd be like stepwomen women mm-hmm. involved and stuff but um i did see uh i'll have to try to find it maybe we can post it there's there's a like a behind the scenes video of her actually doing the the, bull- the whip scene where she knocks off all the yeah the mannequin yeah. heads like she did that like in
1: one take or yep. some
0: shit like she's she's doing that shit like she's they awesome. they put her on an yeah. intense
1: ball whip training course to make sure that she could actually handle it safely and like you said, one take mm-hmm. did it, and then just that's crazy that the, they kept the camera rolling afterwards like the behind the scenes documentary uh team, and you see her in the middle of right. the floor after she's done the whole skipping off and looking from side to side like that and it's just brilliant little affectations like the way she moves her head as she's skipping right. it great, and she's in the middle of the floor. And she just takes this massive bow and then she stands up and the grin on her face. It's just so good to see because you can tell she's having the best time of her life. Um, But one of the wardrobers said like she had an absolute awful time of it because every single time that she was in a scene, they had to paint her entire body with uh, silicon grease or Mm. something like that because the rubber wouldn't stay shiny it would end up looking oh. very mm. dull like it did when she was in the kitty litter scene which is a mm. brilliant scene by the way like yeah, the way yeah. she always giggles there's a lot of little moments yeah. like that but like she always yeah. giggles she's always knowing of how ridiculous everything is that's happening Saved right. by kitty litter how ridiculous gives herself a good laugh all that kind of stuff but yeah it, it would have looked very dull but they needed it to pop they needed that shine so every single yeah. take someone's out with a brush and some silicone grease or whatever it was what a terrible do, job! Do, do, doing it like a bloody wall, you know, just up and down, up and down, left and right. <laughs> doing her like a bloody Mr. wall, <laughs> Mister Miyagi over here, you know, paint, paint the fence, <laughs> <laughs> wax on, wax on. Uh, real quick,
2: yeah, really real waxy. quick, Stephen. Uh, do you think in the movie what lies beneath mm. Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford discussed, like when they were not shooting, like who is better at whip Ooh. stuff? Oh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Wow. Mm-hmm from indiana jones yeah you bring them together is it better when i explain
0: it does that make sense when you explain it it. i i like to think that um during you know like in the middle of shooting when they had breaks and stuff they're resetting up that they would probably Mm -hmm. set up like a mannequin Mm -hmm. and then see who could get the head off um and i bet michelle pfeiffer was better than harrison ford at getting that head off
2: she like she like whipped the head off and then like like i've just seen her do it number one i've seen her do it so She like knocks its head off and then she wraps it around her body like nonchalantly.
1: Oh Michelle, that that head has fallen on the floor. Would you mind giving it to me? Right. She's like (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So now I can officially say that Uh, Michelle fly the gaming head.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, the other thing is Dave uh, you were talking about the original actress who was cast to play Catwoman
1: that was Annette Bening Annette Annette Bening who would have been a really good Catwoman I have got no doubt but just wasn't to be. I love it at Benning. She would fit so much more in my head as,
0: as kind of like the Batman 66. Like, mm. I can't imagine her really mm. as this yeah. one, but she could do almost that version in my head. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that is wild. Um, Brent has not seen the newest, the Batman. Right. Um, but one of the things, mm-hmm. once once we get there, because we are going to cover that at the end of the month, um, I'm curious, I because I don't have a huge history with the... I mean, I like Batman. I've grown up with him and stuff, but not a huge... Um, and I've liked watching this kind of thing with the their relationship the 66 one and their kind of relationship there there's always been i guess this back and forth the sexual chemistry between mm-hmm. them and will they won't they and like you were saying that comic mm-hmm. yeah. where it like flashes forward and they they're actually married and stuff that's super interesting to me because they play that up a lot in the the new one uh as well so i'm curious when we get there for brent um you know how that all will play yeah. out but uh i like mm-hmm. the various versions of these these characters and th- these two together i think uh they have a great chemistry michelle pfeiffer and and uh, my really great chemistry is right uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a sexy movie i'm gonna say it batman returns um, sexy yep.
2: <laughs> i think it could have taken a wildly unsexy turn if we found out whenever she you know falls off the building and all the cats lick on her and stuff and she becomes uh i don't know if possessed is the right <laughs> word but she she feels differently about herself <laughs> she comes home and it's kind of replaying when she first came home the the first time when she was not Catwoman yet and she pulls a carton of milk out of the fridge and washes it down. And if at that point we realize she was lactose intolerant <laughs> and she just immediately shit her pants, I think that would be, see would that's be kind a, of
1: fun. Also, in that same that's a good thing about yeah, latex; it's wiped clean. So. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> a reason she picked right. that material for her outfit. <laughs>
2: it's practical, yeah. if anything. It doesn't look like it, but it is. Um, and then also in that same scene, she grabs all of her stuffed animals and puts them down the garbage oh, disposal. I that.
0: And it, like, that blows was them up in the air. Like, I, like... Yeah uh yeah. i like movie magic and i'm like i wonder if they really tried it and they're like well what would happen if you put this down there and they're like oh they're, it didn't do anything like it's nothing cool and they're like let's put a fan and some you know let's go ahead and deconstruct it and we'll just blow it up hang in on the air hang and on make it look tim's like got studios. uh
1: tim's got johnny's number let's get him down here with the scissor fingers and he can just sit under the sink <laughs> <Yeah>. and just
0: <laughs>
2: talking about going method
0: there exactly go. he
1: was still in costume yeah, yeah, yeah. so
2: um so I really just need you to finger bang these stuffed animals. What are you saying?
1: I've got, and Johnny said, I've got a okay. can of Baha you know? uh, yeah. bang here for you if you, if you agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we'll go out of my Jeep afterwards uh, and just bounce all over the place on the beach. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude.
0: Um, I did, uh, one of my notes, though, was just this movie was way more sexual than I remembered. Yeah. Um, there's a quote that I wrote down from the Penguin about when he's meeting with Catwoman, and he says, just the oh, pussy yeah. I've been looking for. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, they really did. No wonder they couldn't sell McDonald's toys for this fucking thing. Like, they really did. They went go full on. They went full on. Imagine yeah. getting finger
1: banged by a Penguin. Oh, no. Three <laughs> at thank a time. You. No, thank you.
3: <laughs> Good lord. Wouldn't he even have to
1: use his fingers. He could just use his nose. Horrendous. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Jesus Christ. Uh huh.
2: He's like, I'm used to fish. It's not, oh. it doesn't bother me. The problem it's is fine. I can
1: absolutely uh, believe that was in the script. That's the one that I believe that was in the script. All right. For sure. Yeah. Is it uh, very deeply.
0: It was actually in Schumacher's script for the next year, but they didn't They, oh, sure. they didn't get to bring Penguin back, you Yeah. Know? So he was working yeah. on it. Damn. Um, the other line I wrote down from the Penguin was, you flush it, I flaunt it. Yeah. Which uh, I thought was a good <laughs> one for
2: Brent. I feel like you need that above it your mantle. It, like the camera... Camera pans over, and he's got like a whole like trophy case of human shit right. that's decorated. Like he put like this googly one eyes looks on like one on. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why Vince McMahon is in there's this his series, little though. table. Did you know he's got rugged construction skills?
0: Very good. At least Excellent his father did. I don't, we don't. We're not sure about him. Yeah, we don't know. A little
3: yeah. tape, and yeah. a lot of patience. yeah he's um
1: but i like that i kind of of like that about him the fact that he has grown up kind of under the city the whole time and he's had to kind of scratch and claw and uh, to survive and uh at first genuinely watching the movie knowing how it all ends up you could kind of fool Mm -hmm. yourself into thinking that deep down if things had gone his way he wouldn't have been that bad he wouldn't necessarily have been a villain yeah he was planning some really nasty shit he was making the list of all the names from the Mm -hmm. get-go but that was his backup plan like if he'd become mayor and had just allowed max shrek to enact a really stupid plan by the way i i don't know how building a giant battery silly is a villainous thing um you're stealing power but what are you using it for just to have it because That's stupid. Um, It's one of the most uh, nonsensical villain plots that I've I've known in one of these movies. It really, coming back to it as an adult, it made no sense to me why um, he would even try it. But... um, and they kind of just mention it and then once he finds penguin it goes in a
0: whole different arc mm. of the villainous. And so you kind of just they're just like, Well, we don't really care because we're not gonna mention it a lot. Yeah. So uh, he's building a big yeah. battery, yeah. whatever. But, uh, let's
1: just do that. And then he finds a penguin if, man. If, if they if they did just made it just slightly <laughs> different, if, if if even if like they've got this whole thing about he's got a flask of this like toxic waste that came from one of his plants, right? Mm. If he just said, uh or or if the the power plant instead of being um a, a giant capacitor and sucking um power from the city if it was instead a factory which was producing way too much toxic waste and somehow he mm-hmm. was hiding that fact and just that. that would have been enough right like it didn't have to be this right, nonsensical right. capacitor bullshit but instead they went that way and i mean fine it was forgotten about by the time that penguin turned back up uh but yeah it's just one of those things where you think to yourself like i say this a lot on eerie but maybe another pass at the script would have been just what you needed just to just sort that wrinkle out um but like overall Mm -hmm. after that like all of the plans and machinations and and stuff like that it was it was pretty cool it it all worked for me it all made sense as far as the characters were concerned and i like the fact Mm -hmm. that we're kind of in a bit of a middle ground with penguin where it's like yeah, he murdered a cat when he was a toddler. But other than that, was he really <laughs> he that was just bad? Hungry. Well, yeah, we don't yeah. know if they were feeding him properly. They don't know how they treated him other right. than caging him up. So was he that bad from the beginning or did he become that bad because uh, of yeah. his parents? Because they were pieces of shit from the get go, even Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Um which blew my <laughs> mind. And it <laughs> yeah that's fun. it it uh, <clears throat> the the cat thing when he's a child
2: foreshadows his relationship with catwoman mm-hmm. oh, as an adult Brent's smart you know <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> Don't tell anyone No absolutely yeah true
0: I imagine his mom did not let him near her boob you know to breastfeed so I don't I think he was probably pretty hungry Yeah uh yeah I feel like they he was
1: neglected from the get go um and it just she went has the weirdest but most fascinating facial expression when they throw that baby over the bridge, where she puts her
3: head. <laughs> she her goes face. like this, yeah. like
1: she's fascinated by what's going to happen. It's like, have you not played poo she's sticks like, before? Oh, it it's go? going to follow the river. <laughs> it's going to go down the hole. That's how it works, right? Um. Oh, interesting mm. fact again from the making of. Um, that entire sequence with the basket after it goes into the uh, the underground, that was all mm. shot by um, the company that shot the uh, the bat boat scene in the sewers. And that was mm. all shot in scale, but the scale was that the tunnel was eight feet wide. So I don't know what the actual oh, wow, scale was, but wow. it had to be eight feet wide, about a hundred feet long. Um, and so the, uh, the, the opening scene is all shot in one quarter yeah one quarter scale I think it was they said uh, but mm. you wouldn't know from watching it I just thought it was just a regular oh, sized great. basket mm. floating down a regular like you know underground channel of water um right. but it was much more entertaining than a camera zooming around a bat signal or bat symbol rather um yeah, yeah, yeah. that part of oh, it sure, like, yeah. alone like this is a superior film. Um, but then I watched it so much more often that it just became my favorite of the two, right. just, just uh, as it was. But, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brent, what about you? For notes and stuff, do you got anything for
2: this one? Uh, yeah, I've got a, a couple. Uh, let's say three final ones for for this one. So there's a scene where um, the penguin is giving a speech outside toward the end of the movie. Batman intercepts that signal. I know what you're gonna something say. That they like to do. <laughs> like like networks have no trouble getting their their um, signals intercepted, or they have a lot of trouble with it, mm. I guess is a better way to say it. But it just happens all the time. Joker does it and then Batman does it for the penguin. Um, But he has a CD that's burned, and he plays that audio, and then he also, like, scratches the CD. Yeah, yeah, he fingers the shit out of that CD. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. You you might not know. That doesn't even work that way, It it
1: doesn't work that way. Yeah, CDs can't be scratched. Well, I suppose maybe they could, but the problem is that the sled (laughs) would have to know that you were winding the CD back in order for it to follow the track.
2: mm -hmm. No, I... I have a CD turntable in my closet
1: right now so I've I've utilized one myself. But, you though, can't, but, but yours that's not like that, right? that, that's not the CD that you're shuffling, is it? That's a proxy which controls the tracking backwards and forwards. Right. He's actually using the, the disc which right. is fucking I, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: A little bit different and then also the when he puts it in the tray there's a Batman Love symbol it. that goes over it to like hold the CD in and I thought like yeah. he must have just ordered like a shit ton of these, and he's like, "I want to put these all over the place." I got stickers, I got pins. Well, <laughs> Look, I'm putting them on in everything. In you know? '66, it would have
1: been labeled Bat CD yeah. player. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think that this is actually yeah. a, a move in the right direction. Is a yeah, bit? like just Bat six symbols everywhere. Um, <laughs> Fair off, enough. Off the yeah. back of that note, actually, what comes next? Where they just throw, start mm-hmm. throwing lettuce and tomatoes and eggs at him? I was a, I was going <laughs> to make a note about that to ask why the hell have they brought these mm-hmm. things with them and then lo and betide in the greatest piece of script writing I've ever witnessed in a superhero movie I've said that twice today but I don't care um, Penguin <laughs> opens his umbrella and while he's hiding from the crowd he says who brings eggs and tomatoes to a speech
3: <laughs> like they yeah. called their own shit out
2: I love that if you're gonna I wonder if that was an ad lit by DeVito that seems like something that he it wouldn't would not surprise me do, like, this is know? fucking yeah. stupid yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- uh, whenever they go to the uh, that little like ball or whatever, the where uh, the end of the movie, uh, they <laughs> yes, they they realize uh, uh, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle realize that uh, they're each mm. uh, Batman mm. and, and Catwoman. Uh, as he's walking through there, they're playing yep. Super Freak, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is but like it's an orchestral version of that, the Rick James song, and uh, I was like, damn, this is, I can't. I can't decide if I <laughs> fucking love this or hate it altogether. But it was an interesting yeah. choice. Is it calling know? him a, a super freak Batman? I think it's be, because
0: it's be they're, both yeah. but they're, also, they're both superheroes. They're both yeah, freaks. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're freaks. And you then know? Susie because and the Banshees
1: plays directly uh, afterwards, which is like the one song that I remember from the entire <laughs> film. And I misremembered it because I, I remembered it having different lyrics. But there we go. Still a really cool piece of music uh, and yeah. it fits that scene really well, like the way that it swells and reaches a crescendo, just as they say the whole uh, mistletoe line. Um, and I mm, love the fact yeah. that the first thing she says is, "We do we have to start fighting now? Or we're not going to start I fighting know. now, are we? Yeah. It's just it's a genuine mm. question because she doesn't know. She's so fucked up at this point that she really doesn't mm, know right. yeah. what's up, what's down. And her portrayal, again, I believe that she's a woman that's at the end of her tether. You know, it's really well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then my last note
2: for this movie is. um, You know, we we see the penguins army of penguins that he has. And in my brain from seeing this movie when I was younger, I was like, oh, they must have trained a bunch of penguins. But Mm -hmm. no, it's just like they've got penguin animatronics and they've got little people or children or whatever dressed up as penguins i was like god damn there's a lot of fap in this movie and that's fake ass penguins just
1: waddling (laughs) around it's it's a little bit (laughs) i'm not sure you should be using the Mm -hmm. the word fap when talking about children in penguin outfits (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hmm. yeah i'll take your point like "Mm, i do think Um, there there was a little bit of cg
1: mixed in there as well actually um the scene where Uh, they finally reach gotham square and they all sit down um all of those penguins in that one scene are actually Mm -hmm. cg Uh, But before that, like you said, they're all a mixture of real penguins, trained penguins. Um, Two different types of penguin, real ones and trained ones. And um, also, 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 (laughs) like you said, like little people or children in in costumes for like the emperor penguins, like like the Mm -hmm. larger ones. I'm so impressed by the training that they did with these penguins that they were able to swim around wearing those missiles on their backs and not be bothered by them and be perfectly okay swimming around like... And they were working missiles too, which was, and they kept them afterwards, I'm pretty sure. Imagine if you set one of yeah, those yeah, off by accident wild. while you're in the water. Like the speed you would That's get up good. to. be amazing, wouldn't it, right? <laughs> amazing. Um, I, I, I did have uh, one note. Um, Brett, that was your last one, wasn't it, Brent? Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, right ahead. So my, my, my single note from Batman returns Why does Bruce Wayne have a bat signal on his house? okay i love that is that not a bit of a giveaway kind of mirroring system yeah but like i i'd get it anybody that shows up if it was mirrors i'd get it but it's a king bat signal (laughs) on his house Mm. and he has people and it shows in his in his window he has people over to his house all the time including commissioner gordon at some point gordon's going to look up and say why have you got a bat signal on your house bruce (laughs) 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 i mean i I don't care it's a cool visual
0: Um, It is a cool visual. I thought the same thing, though. I was like, that's pretty stupid, but it was neat to see that he had a system in place that he could see. Because it's always like, well, how could he see it all the time?
1: Well, I I imagine Uh, that he has nothing else to do as a billionaire other than sit in his one room in the house that has a view of the city and wait for the signal to come on, you know. To be honest, it was silly of the architects that were born Mm -hmm. hundreds of years before he was that they didn't build the library in a Mm -hmm. location where you could see the city. (laughs) That's you right. know, it's up to them to to really uh, think ahead and know that eventually the owner of this uh-huh. house is going to be a masked vigilante who's going to use a spotlight as a symbol mm-hmm. for getting him into the city. They should give him a red phone. Bring back the red phone. You know. Yeah. Bring it all back, co- I like man. That.
0: I would love to see mm-hmm. all yeah, of
1: Yeah, like the Shakespeare yeah, right. um, statue with the head with the button. <laughs> and I, I do That's like right. the fact that he has that Iron Maiden um that's cool and alfred's like Mm -hmm. i'll take the stairs sir yeah yeah
0: he had a sweet slide system Mm. though um he did not have a lever to automatically change his clothes for him
3: uh which i did
0: we did not mention from 66 but i imagine that results in a lot of wedgies you know you're going at it. A, a lot of speed, wedgies but,
1: but also mm. the benefit of the thin fabric of that costume was that it's mm. a lot more forgiving where it comes to getting things caught in places you know foam rubber you can pull it out mm. easier. exactly like um <laughs> bulletproof grade you know armor um it's not going to flex in the same way you could end up in a in a bit mm. of a situation basically all i want from the next batman movie is for them to get nick ardman in as a, uh, a consultant so that he can basically do the wallace and gromit scene where Wallace is woken up in the morning and he goes down, he gets slid off of his bed into his trousers and then he puts his arms up in the air and it puts <laughs> his pillow over on him and then two shirt sleeves come in from the side. Like he basically, Nick Ardman, years ahead of Marvel, uh, the MCU, invented the oh. Iron Man suiting up <laughs> sequence. And I, I there want, you go, I'm, right I I'm, I I'm tired wow. of him not getting the credit he deserves and I think he needs to get That's his right. flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i always think about
2: uh that scene in the the live action casper movie where uh i can't remember who it was but somebody gets in that chair and it like takes them through this tunnel oh, yeah. to like get ready in the morning mm. so like combs their hair and brushes their teeth and shit i was like god damn i would love that i don't have 17 miles of track <laughs> right. built to accommodate this but that would, that be, would rad, be awesome you know, it would
1: be cool if i did have that oh man well you yeah, gotta find something um, to fill these stately homes with you know like <laughs> big oh, ass houses with yeah. libraries uh, that don't face the right way and
0: dining rooms with huge ass tables and he's like i've ever been bit in here this room. before and i believe it's him.
1: vicious sir. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be yeah. cold <laughs> like, are you genuinely telling <laughs> he eats me it still afterwards he's like yeah okay, are you genuinely okay, telling me this is fine. the first time that you've been served this food <laughs> come on you're right. a rich asshole you've had this before surely <laughs> um i didn't have any further
0: notes for this one but i was uh okay. if you guys are cool i was just kind of curious for you know last thoughts about the two movies and then uh dave for you specifically um i i, I don't know if we've already even talked to you about this or i don't know if it's too cliched but we have mentioned before you know your your favorite batman and your favorite bruce wayne but uh more to the point i guess i'm curious of what is your fa- if, if, if for the movie series that, that are out hmm. there or uh, in it, or an individual movie Uh, which are the ones you like rewatch more Mm -hmm. you know nolan versus these or whatever which are the ones you you go to so uh if you guys want to want to go around dave if you wanted to start um
1: kind of with all of that just last thoughts or or into your okay um final thoughts on batman returns love it it's a brilliant brilliant movie like of the two tim burton movies it's like the best of the two And of all Mm -hmm. of the movies that came before they rebooted everything and started again, it's far and away the best one. Um, I unironically watch uh, Batman 66 on New Year's every so often just because it brings back memories of a Mm. a particularly good New Year's where I was just around a friend of a friend's and we were just sitting around just kind of not doing much of anything, to be honest, just talking and, and, you know, talking about music Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And Batman 66 was on in the background and we all just kind of half-assed watched it and it was a really cool uh night there was fireworks going off just off in the distance in london all that kind of stuff so it was a good time and it kind of brings back good memories of that but also of those kind of sunday mornings where Mm. i would watch it on channel four um but yeah like returns without a doubt for me is like my favorite of the uh of of the pre-reboot batmans Mm. i've not given much thought to what my favorite overall batman is honestly um yeah it might be returns. It might very well be returns, and I, I wow. think as, as far as favorite Batman's is concerned, Keaton just edges out Ben Affleck, and mm-hmm. the reason for that isn't because once again I am a White Knight riding to the rescue of the Dark Knight and the you know the Zack Snyder <laughs> stuff. Although I will do that every day of the week, um, it is genuinely because <laughs> like I feel like his interpretation of batman including the outfit from batman versus superman which kind of leaned a lot into the uh, the dark knight returns kind of uh, you know stuff um the way that he trained like an absolute animal to get into peak physical fitness so that he actually looked like batman uh the the way that when he was bruce wayne he was suave and sophisticated and devastatingly attractive and he just, oh, yeah. he works as Batman in a way that Keaton doesn't quite, but I still like Keaton more because he's the Batman that I grew up right. with. So it's an, it's an irrational order sure. because if anything, logically speaking, Affleck should be out Keaton. But if you were to tell me that I could bring one Batman back or who am I most excited about coming back as Batman? It's Keaton. Mm -hmm. and and i'm i'm willing to put up with an ezra miller movie given everything that's happened recently to see michael keaton back and like when they canceled batgirl i was so disappointed for everyone that was involved with it but selfishly i was super Mm -hmm. disappointed because i knew that keaton was involved in that one as well and and that was one more michael keaton batman i wasn't going to be able to get and never will be able to see now because of legal reasons um so yeah it's it's a a nostalgic pick for me but I I think it's Michael Keaton as my best Batman Um, honestly West is underrated just because of just the joy that he brought to that role Mm. Um, but I uh, I don't know if there's such a thing as a bad Batman there are bat. it's like Bond there are Bonds that are less good but there aren't bad ones
2: so George, George Clooney really working you. Do you know what, you George Clooney works as
1: Bruce Wayne 100%. He absolutely nails mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. The problem is that he's a little bit yeah, too does. nudge, nudge, wink, wink when he's, in, uh, when he's Batman. He feels a lot more like Bruce Wayne cosplaying as Batman. Um, hmm. Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. kind of the opposite. He had the dark brooding Batman for me down, but then he was Bruce Wayne and it was like, I'm not buying this. I'm really not buying this at all. Yeah, um,
2: it's
0: interesting with with those
2: between the that way. Be, between the two of them, uh, who had the better nipples on their suits? <laughs> I know it, it might be a toss-up. You know,
1: it might depend on which suit you're I'm so angry right in. now that I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to actually pick. I
0: just, I just <laughs> see just red. Morning, like. I see red right now. <laughs> my God, that was so funny. I just
1: don't know why they didn't give nipples to all of the superheroes in those movies. You know, because mm-hmm. don't had there, them, exactly. Robin had them. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why stop at the superheroes? Why not give nipples to Alfred? Why, why couldn't his butler oh outfit God. have yeah. like superfluous nipples? That'd that be great. Dis- yeah. dispense teeth like from in, or something.
3: Uh... <laughs>
2: And Mean Girls. Oh man! And then uh, there there could be a scene where Bruce Wayne says, he says, uh, I'll put "Alfred, your your nipples are showing," and then Alfred says, "I'm in the Batcave, sir. It's always cold." Oh, tea. Lincoln's over. Yeah. <laughs> he squirts out of his nipple.
0: Um, I imagine it like a Regina George situation from Mean Girls, like when they they cut the the boob holes out of her tank top. And then everybody in school does it because they want to be popular like her. I imagine uh, I imagine yeah. Alfred just he was like, well, you guys have the nipples. So I put it on my suit because I just wanted to be like you guys, you know, we were part of my, the parties. my my yeah.
1: favorite thing about Alfred <laughs> is um, when he has to rescue Batman, like give him like an emergency pickup. He um, he has to disguise himself. So he's got like a little Batman mask that he puts on for when he's driving around to pick Batman up. Mm-hmm. And it's the most badass thing. The- oh, and the old um, one, right? No, no. Th- this is um Which the most recent it? one that I remember seeing it happen in is, again, it's the Tom King run of uh, of Batman comics. Oh, okay. Um, right. But it's awesome. such a, a weird but brilliant look that you've got this fully dolled up but- butler with his three-piece suit right. and his <laughs> tails, and then he's wearing like a Batman <laughs> mask. <laughs> it's just, it's mental. It's, and you... You zoom into his
0: tails and they're cut off because he had to use them to make the Batman mask. Yeah. He's like. (laughs) So, actually, now that I think about it, my favorite Batman might actually
1: be Alfred. Um, Yeah. There you go. So, there we go. Uh, What about you guys, though? He's the one. Alfred Pennywise, (laughs) as I
0: say. Um, Yeah. So, for Brent, uh, what final Mm -hmm. thoughts for uh, Batman Returns? So.
2: Yeah, so I I wasn't really looking forward to these movies very much just because I'm not really into Tim Burton. But upon rewatching both of them, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a, a fun nostalgia trip. Uh, I saw on HBO Max. Both movies are uh, have a time length of two hours six minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy, that's four hours and change. gonna have cut. to sit through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah, one Snyder <laughs> cut's worth. Uh, but I I really thought all of the like the pacing was good, I was never bored right. watching these movies. They're um, visually so yeah, entertaining,
0: a, right? Like, there's a lot to look yes. at. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I feel like every scene kind of helps builds the story going forward. Doesn't seem like there's anything too superfluous there, you know. So, yeah, yeah, overall, I I had a blast watching these movies. I I don't know that I would watch them in regular rotation, but you know,
1: it, if if I do want to watch a a solid Batman movie, I would put mm. these up there it's, as well. Uh, Sorry, carry on. Uh, Yeah, please. It's so rare that I find a movie that does go into any kind of solid rotation because there's so much media out there these days. And there's so Mm. much that Mm -hmm. we have to watch. Like, I mean, recently I started on Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix and that's amazing. And I'm so glad that it's standalone one-hour episodes because I don't have more than an hour Mm. of time to spend on watching these kind of things. So, you know, um, it has to be really special for me to, first of all, to Mm. buy it, to want to watch it again but then also to actually sit down and watch it again but like returns would be one that i would watch back every now and then but uh, even then like right. some of my favorite movies ever i've not watched in like six seven years like i've not watched clerks in forever and that's like mm-hmm. my one yeah. of my top five. Yeah. so you know it's it's about time i guess but i'd love to have a regular rotation about- yeah
0: yeah I thought about rewatching Clerks and Clerks 2 since Clerks 3 is coming out. Um, I think it's coming out to rent and digital mm. and stuff pretty soon, but he's been touring with it. But mm. um, I like Clerks 2 a whole ton as well. I watched that one. I Not often, but I, I did for a while, I guess. Um, I've seen it a handful of times. And um, I'm excited for the new one as well. How about How about you, Dave? Are you excited for Clerks I 3? I am.
1: Yeah. I'm not as excited as I was for Clerks 2 because I guess yeah. these things just kind of pass with time. You, you get slightly more infused with stuff or slightly less infused but any new kevin smith film i'm going to support one way or the other you know whether whether i am madly in love with them Mm -hmm. or they're something that don't necessarily do it for me as much um like i thought tusk was a really interesting movie but it wasn't a shade on red state um oh yeah red Red state's State's great um still not watch yoga hoses i will do um (laughs)
0: <laughs> i still
1: can I... <laughs> um but yeah there's some of us like, like yeah jay definitely. and silent bob reboot i thought it was funny but like it's it's kind of on yeah. the bottom of my list but again this is a, another james bond situation right. and i i always refer to things as james bond when i'm talking about stuff that i love all of it but i just that ultimately something has to be at the bottom of the list it's not like the mcu totally. where it's just like sure. well you know four um, for the, the dark world and then everything else <laughs> above it or or whatever the, <laughs> the movie is that everyone's hating on this week um. so yeah it's kind of like reboot I thought was funny it had some interesting stuff it's clear that he's just doing what he thinks is fun and he wants to just have fun making the movies yeah, he wants to make I and support that that's yeah. absolutely fine that's what we want um, but every now and then I kind of catch myself thinking to my like I wish he would do something more of the scale of dogma again, or, you know, something that has a little bit Uh of like satire and, and something that actually comments on what's happening in the world rather than just, and I know that dogma wasn't necessarily cutting satire of, of what's happening right at that moment in time, but it felt like it was talking about something other than just weed and sex and, Mm-hmm. shit monsters yeah shit monsters he yeah. <laughs> like, had this whole, <laughs> but he can, had this but whole commentary on Catholicism yeah. and, and mm-hmm. religion in general and, and I mean the name right. of the movie is Dogma like you know it's it, it, yeah. so uh, but yeah like I just um, some movies I like more than others but I'm just glad that he's still making movies so I'll, I'll get around to that for sure
2: yeah Same,
1: yeah Yeah. i'm just he just seems like a good guy and i'm i'm
0: excited that he's just spending time with his friends and you know just Mm -hmm. basically he's like i know who my fans are i know what movies i put out i know what i'm gonna make like he's just really leaned into that but i agree yeah he could do i I would kind of like to see him do a little more commentary like he did or like a chasing amy you know something like a little more i wouldn't even
1: be um, i still wouldn't even be against like if i i would like for a hollywood studio to come to him with a project and say do you want to do this and give him a chance at doing something mm-hmm. that isn't his because well i too. yeah i know that was going to be brought up and i was going to mention that like i don't <laughs> I, liked I don't think Pop out is a badly out, made I movie really i think it. it's a very competently made movie yeah, yeah. and i think it got a lot of stick totally. it got you know people had uh had something to beat him over the head with finally because it was like well this isn't a kevin smith movie well no shit he just right. came in to direct it but um yeah, give him a chance with something. Yeah, he tried. He, he tried, but like, give him a chance with something like maybe uh, Marvel have started doing these special uh, presentation things, like uh, you know, uh, Wolf at uh, I don't know, the Werewolf at Midnight and um, uh, the uh, the Christmas special or the holiday special, sorry, of, of uh, right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, why not give yeah. Kevin Smith like a Howard the Duck special That's a good one. or, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. like something a
2: bit weird? Well, he was, yeah, he was going to do that, Howard the Duck uh
1: animated series on hulu
3: Oh, was that what it was that got canceled yeah they, i knew uh, that he had an animated thing mm-hmm. that he was
1: going to do yeah. but i wasn't listening long enough because i, I yeah. kind of drift in and out of his podcasts uh sometimes i'll listen and sometimes mm. i kind of like yeah. drift away um i knew that he had something that was in the works that was going to be an animated show that was canceled but i never found out what it was i didn't realize it was how the duck
2: oh yeah. damn that's yes. cool quack quack but
0: that not anymore so it's not cool wow. why did they take Definitely. everything I, I do like that though steven
2: yeah <laughs> what yeah steven sorry let's all talk okay, you, okay, okay. you guys ready one two three every okay, okay <laughs> yeah the thing that can work i think yeah <laughs>
0: uh i was just gonna say with kevin smith i feel like uh he has mentioned before not wanting to do like a big tentpole superhero movie but i feel like
1: yeah you're totally right if he did like a special presentation that would be yeah, cool. give him an episode of she-hulk uh, or something like you know one of one of the yeah, other comedy right. series like he's done episodes for cw shows before He's perfectly totally. capable of doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing to a, a very high competency level. So look at me talking like right. he's some kind of special case that we need to give out charity fucking events for. Um,
3: <laughs> like he,
1: he, people don't give him the credit that he deserves. He's a, he's actually a very good director who is capable of making some oh, yeah. really yeah, like interesting stuff. looking movies. And uh, I, I think it's just a shame that um, there, there aren't more studios that are willing to give him the reins on certain things to at least try and cash in on his rabid fan support because you know i don't mind saying i'm a fucking rabid fan i'll just support what he does because i want him to do well (laughs) i don't care if it's good i like his shit yeah (laughs) Yeah. for sure um all right so for my final thoughts on this
0: one kind of like dave said uh batman returns i feel like was a better movie than the first one it kind of surprised me that i liked it as much and i i remember it as much as i did there was a lot more memories that popped up with this one um, than the first one. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like this one could be in rotation for me as a Christmas movie now. Mm-hmm. So I would like to throw this on maybe not every year, but, you know, like every other year or whatever. I, I liked it enough now that I want to revisit this world again. And uh, as much as I know that I'm not looking forward to it as good movies, I am curious to see where these go with the rest of this era of the series of batman movies with the uh, the schumacher ones after that and uh specifically brent and i are both trying to read that batman 89 comic book series which instead of the schumacher stuff does like a different you know continuation of these so i think uh hopefully next week we'll have those finished there's only like a six um issue series so it's pretty short but um yeah so far so good with those so i'm, I'm looking forward to that but um it's been a, a blast talking to you dave about both of these movies today i i'm love we haven't even talked about the the ones we <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah <laughs> before the show you showed us you got up and showed us your uh, wonderful batman the onesie old gr- black and gray onesie episode, yeah
1: so. oh it's amazing <laughs> i bought it i
0: love it so obviously i, bought it's it I Win years ago and uh, have only used it
1: twice so <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you used it today, man. It's rocking. So. Absolutely. Uh, came in handy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a blast having you on the show. Did you want to plug your other podcasts
1: or anything else you guys think I never turned down an opportunity to plug something for free. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. Don't go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to pre-emptive rant. anything moving. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- first of all, I'd like to thank you for putting up with my uh, with my bullshit uh, over the last uh, nearly three hours. So it's always lovely talking to you guys. It's lovely to and, have you on. Um, so. the, yeah. the sympathy laughter I- game here is strong. So I want to congratulate you on, on making me believe I might actually be slightly funny. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, no, it's well earned. absolutely. Uh, so man. I've got three uh, podcasts at the moment. Um, two of them mm-hmm. you'll be able to listen to every week, and one of them you'll be able to listen to whenever I feel like making it. God damn it. Um, so, uh, that one is the BScast. Cast. Uh, if you go to the BScast.com, um, you'll be able to find my ACast page. Uh, but you'll also be able to find it if you just search for it on, uh, most of the normal podcasting, uh, apps. It's basically just a place where me and any of my friends can just come together to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Lately it's turned into more yeah. me and Tyler talking about Marvel. So we started reviewing She-Hulk and then we couldn't get mm-hmm. together to talk about She-Hulk anymore. So we've reviewed episode one and two, and I think that's about it. Um but you know, spoilers, I loved mm-hmm. it. It was great. Um Erie International yeah. is uh me, Andy Prella, and uh, David Hopkins. Uh I'm sure that listeners of this podcast are familiar with all of those people's names. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about horror every week, uh, whether it be TV series, movies, uh, games. We did one episode on video games. I screamed like a little bitch at PT, and <laughs> uh, that was the end of that experiment, <laughs> genuinely. Horror yeah. games
0: are, st- are scary. Oh, especially PT, yeah, genuinely.
1: I um, Unfortunately, yeah. I had a hard drive failure and lost the game soon after because you oh, can't no. download it anymore. So thankfully, I was able to play mm-hmm. it before I uh, I lost it. Um, so yeah, we talk about anything horror. Uh, at all on that and that's uh, once a week we normally release episodes on a Saturday or Sunday depending on when I can be bothered to edit it and uh, then we've got (laughs) Generation Animation which we release on a Sunday every week Uh, we talk about animation whether it be anime or western cartoons Uh, we've recently opened the floodgates and decided that we're going to allow puppetry to be considered animation because really when you animate something you're taking a lifeless thing and you're making it look as though it lives you're giving it movement so puppetry mm. does kind of fit if you really try hard to make it. Um, yeah, there's a innuendo there. I'm not going to go there. It's um, <laughs> a <laughs> whole show. Uh, I love in innuendos. So. I'm British. It's what yeah. we do best. The Carry On movies yeah, right. were just basically <laughs> a giant en- en- stream of innuendos. You know, take them away, I love it. Um So yeah, we talk about anime this week. We've been talking about the first half of season five of My Hero Academia. Which we've uh, we've reviewed everything up to that point over the last few years. I was shocked to realise that we're up to this this show that twenty six episodes per season, five seasons. They've started the sixth. They may finish the sixth. At the point we're up to, they've not even finished their first year in school. It's a free it, it's oh, a free wow. year enrollment oh. in the in, in the uh, the hero uh, academy, and at this rate, we'll be going on for about 15 seasons. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good fun. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot of con- lot of content for us, which is great. So yeah, if you're interested yeah. in anything to do with animation, then we've probably, over the course of about 511 episodes, covered something that people might be interested in us talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that, as they say, is that. So yeah, thanks once again for putting up with my rambling. This is a habit I have. I talk too much. And people can't find the word edgeways to get in there, you know?
2: So.
0: Good thing you're on a podcast, man. (laughs) And you have multiple yeah, heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great to have you on, man. I love everybody over at Area International. We've had a bunch of you guys yeah. on here or a bunch of times, I guess. Um, and uh, it's always great. But um, yeah, I I'm so glad you got to come on because you seem like a really big Batman fan, and uh, Andy as well. You guys were trading off on our little Twitter thread <laughs> together, um, different we really yeah. which was pretty fun. But um, yeah, I I just love uh, I love when Brent suggests something for the show, like. I'm actually not that big of a fan of this thing. Let's watch everything that you can possibly do with that. And then invite all of our friends on to talk about it. So uh, certainly glad that you were one of our friends to come on for that. So thanks for coming on the show once yes. again. And uh, everybody go listen to your other podcasts because you're an amazing guy to talk to and I'm sure listen to all thank of those you. ways.
1: Thank you. You're things. lying through your so. teeth, but thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm only lying through my teeth because I don't listen to podcasts. But they... Obviously, I've talked to you, and you're amazing. So clearly those shows are amazing. Everybody knows how that. Can, how so. can you podcast if you uh, don't
1: partake in podcasts? That's a Joker listen, reference right um, there. We all live in a society.
0: I'm not even sure what this is <laughs> still. After all these years, after all these episodes, I don't even know where this it's goes. A, it's it's a cloud. source of
1: great entertainment, let me tell you. I was listening to you guys talking about uh, maple syrup last week, and I was just like, first of all, I know how they make it. And second of all, second of all, <laughs> you don't know this, but by covering yourself bodily in maple syrup, you've actually enacted an ancient mating ritual, which is native to Canada, because oh. um, they, they, they love it over uh-huh. there. But yeah, that. apparently, because sure. um, I watch, um, I know you're trying to wrap up, I apologize, but I watch no, a YouTube fine. channel called uh, My Self Reliance which is a guy that lives mm. in the forests of Ottawa, Canada, and he's building himself a cabin because he built one already and then somebody planned a road right next to it, so he moved. And he's building a second mm. one. And uh, he's got a lot of maple trees around. So what he does to make a little bit of uh, of maple syrup, he, he gets those taps, he hammers them into the tree, uh, collects all of the sap, boils it up, and uh, hey, presto, maple syrup. There you go. Lovely stuff. And he mm. he does cover himself in it, though? Um, I hear that that's a very private thing to Canadians. So oh, he's okay. not filmed himself so, okay. yet. But maybe if money gets tight and he opens... His OnlyFans. Yeah, fans. when he gets an OnlyFans, um, yeah. then um, right. he, he might, yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. Well, I look forward to... I like that any kind of... You know, it's a like Kevin Smith. You got multiple avenues to uh, to put your art out there. And I hope that he yeah. has the, the, the maple testicle OnlyFans... Um, that I hear he's going to be opening, I hope will be really great. Well, he, great, he
1: could so. get onto the Canadian version of Patreon. I don't know if you've heard of atrian it's um <laughs> no A yeah. <I> mean, no. <laughs> adrian uh it's 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 a terrible joke is what it is um but yeah you can only pledge in canadian dollars which means that nobody ever makes any decent money
0: oh well fair enough because as we've learned here already we have a great handle on the economies of all of the countries that we represent i suppose and the exchanges yeah, that, right, yeah. so, very very um...
1: soon 100 uh 100 pounds will be worth maybe even a dollar who knows Oh, wow. here's it'll, hoping, It'll be man. like here's coming to Japan, God. coming over yeah. here. It'll be like, how, yeah. how does your right. rinky think money work again? <laughs> how many hundred? You, do you any, guys used yeah. to have pence, right? When did you yeah. get rid of them? <laughs> oh, when you needed a wheelbarrow to yeah, buy a fucking loaf of bread. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because of heavy, heavy bread, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jesus made a lot. Oh, he's, yeah. That's he's right. Been, that's he's right. He's, he's been making, those, Japan, yeah, he's been making those loaves and fishes, upturning mm. tables, right. you, know, you name yeah. it. He's, uh, he's been yeah. doing it. Big table, guys. <laughs> Big table. I've got, a, guy. I've got to worry if Stephen ever goes to that stall, he's going to walk away with a table rather than a loaf or a fish. Listen, I love a table. What can I say? I can't can't <laughs> deny it. Um, Four our, legs and a flat top. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's all you need.
0: Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, if you'd like, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Tell your friends and where people can find us. And if you'd like to contact us, all of the info is in the show notes as usual uh go listen to dave on all of his podcasts and uh go connect with him on on the internets as well so um yeah we had a really good time today brent anything else for you man
2: yes just that we're going to discuss batman mask of the phantasm on the next episode mm. of let's talk about stuff <laughs> so um you know listen to that one as well i guess i, don't, I've I, don't know. I have i've never seen it control that. you've
0: never seen it
2: oh yeah, yeah? oh guys yeah oh i've never oh, seen it oh guys so i'm
1: excited yes yeah no, yes. no spoiler for him. Yes. He doesn't doesn't know. Like, like,
2: yeah, fucking get yeah.
1: it. Yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like that sicko outside the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get
0: it. <laughs> like that fucking lawnmower man I had out here earlier. Yeah. yeah. That was Dave yeah. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> <It was. laughs> All right, man. Well that was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. I'm Dave. And let's talk later.
2: Flap, flap, flap.
1: Yeah. I wish there was a sound effect for I, that face. I am the Great Derailer. I'm terrible for that. I do it so often. That's that your Batman villain name? Oh, the Derailer? Yeah. yeah, and I sing yeah. I, I sing it in the form of uh, The Great Pretender by Queen. So uh-huh. my entrance is just me like, oh, yes, I'm the Great Derailer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretend that I'm not around because actually my actual power is I'm invisible. So I derail things, but you can't see me because you pretend I'm not around. I have that power over people. That's a pretty good villain. Damn. I feel overall. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's not a bad. One. Unfortunately, it only works on podcasts. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, if Batman gets a podcast, he's fucked. Does Batman have a podcast? He'd never let us know if he did. Oh, yeah. Secret? Mm, Yeah. It it would be under one of his pseudonyms like the old man or something like that. I don't know. I like it. Sometimes he pretends to be the question. Thanks for having me on though, guys. I've really, really, really enjoyed that. It was awesome. I'm going to go ahead and uh, actually stop recording there.
2: Uh, This is the part of the show where it's, uh, we're just hanging out backstage, you know, bullshitting after a a job well done. You know, obviously this is the beginning of the show for us on our end, but, you know, like for the, the audience, they've already heard the uh, magicalness of the show. I imagine it was pretty just great. great this time, too. I might, how could it not be, you know? All that stuff you said was, yeah. was incredible, Dave. Like, I, I just... Just <laughs> like right. to, to, to think back on
1: it, like, wow. Right.
2: The, we witnessed that, the audience witnessed that. Never you know?
1: has so much bullshit been spoken by one person in one place at one time as I That's have true. just managed. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud and of it was myself. Amazing. You
3: should be. <laughs> <laughs> it was as beautiful to be. see that
0: much bullshit, you know?
3: Yeah, well, I, I have, I I have we a need.
1: podcast which is dedicated to bullshit, so, you know. Oh, yeah, so you're,
0: you're just spewing <laughs> with shit
1: all the time, then. Absolutely, yeah. yeah and and actually, um, th- th- this kind of acts uh, as 50% of the post-show for Erie International as well, because I literally finished oh, recording that 40 minutes ago. Wow. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Well, but, thank um, you
2: coming back
0: for this. Uh, it's amazing, 40 <laughs> minutes ago, we were in this show, so you're recording both at the same time, I assume, which is... I know. A feed. That's amazing, I'm a time I appreciate it. I'm, I'm a time
1: yeah. traveler. yeah uh,
2: okay. <laughs> I suspected, but I wasn't sure. All of his responses worked for both Erie International right. and our Batman discussion.
1: I just so uh, when he was just like <clears throat> flapping, just like that, <laughs> right. that singular word. It just it worked in both places, you know. It's incredible. Somehow, yeah, Andy made sense of it. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's a very He's patient man. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: How? Uh, what did you guys discuss today over on Erie? Uh,
1: so we had a movie from 1963 um, called The Damned, uh, which in the mm-hmm. US was called um, These Are the Damned. Uh, it starred. It's a Beaver uh,
0: documentary. Uh, you, you, <laughs>
1: how did you know? How
0: did you know? Uh, it was an Oscar. It was an Oscar it's, nominee, maybe even it, not a
1: winner, but it's a ninety-minute black and white documentary about beavers in mm. uh, in, in the the upper uh, region of, of New York. Actually, oh wow, it's, uh, yeah, beautiful. The, Lesser spotted, uh, brown... Uh... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> you did really well, though. That was re- I really liked it. Yeah, yeah no, it's, um, it's, it's Oliver Reed um, stars in oh, it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually a, a really, really cool movie. It's based on a, a novel that was written a couple of years beforehand. It deals with a lot of quite heavy topics, none of which I want to necessarily tell you because it would spoil mm. the movie. Interesting. Logs. it's about logs it's about logs and twigs yeah. and and yeah. varying sizes of wood between the two yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah hey well you've come to the right place to discuss varying types of wood let me tell you what oh hell yeah boy
1: yeah. <laughs> i can tell you about one i've got right now i tell you to cut diamond i'm so excited <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> that's cool though i hadn't heard of that one um i like Uh, So many of our podcast friends have, you know, uh, turned me on to different movies that we'd never heard of before. I noticed that you guys uh, have been listing a lot of movies that you guys have been doing. It seems like you've been doing a lot of older things lately.
3: Yeah. Um, Am I right about
0: that? It seems like a lot of stuff I hadn't heard of before, which is
3: cool.
1: We stumbled across an episode of the Pure Cinema podcast where they were interviewing Edgar Wright and we love Edgar Wright so everyone does pretty much you know like anyone that's got like half a brain or any sense I've pretty much insulted everyone else that doesn't like Uh him Uh now. but there we go I don't care about them worth it Um, it's worth it absolutely I I stand with my boy Edgar Uh, and he was talking is it fair to say that if you don't like Edgar Wright you are Edgar wrong (laughs) yes absolutely okay, cool. i thought absolutely so. I just make sure. you, you are an edgar yeah. rongan um <laughs> uh, but yeah so he was talking about underrated british horror and uh, right he mentioned quite a few movies uh one of which we didn't talk about as a um or did we actually i don't know um he, he mentioned one movie called uh mummy nanny sunny and girly oh. which sounds like four hmm. movies but it's actually right. one. Uh, in America. It was only called girly because they thought hmm. that people couldn't handle such a long and complicated title. I guess. I don't know. They were right. <laughs> we're right. <nailed> them. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't get things right a lot,
2: but yeah. that one we nailed. Yeah.
1: Fair. Fair. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we mentioned that one and, uh, I watched that one, um, on my own time. And then I think we talked about it on the show. Uh, nice. my memory is terrible unless we're talking about things like Batman, which <laughs> people will know now because they've just listened to me waffle on about. Of it course they did. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been looking at a lot of the older stuff that inspired his movies, uh, especially most recently One Night in Soho, which mm-hmm. um, is living rent-free in Andy's head right now. So oh, he right. wanted to talk about a lot of those movies. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of good stuff. Like As you would expect, Edgar Wright knows a good movie when he sees one. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about a lot of those. And like, the, the thing is, we're not one of these podcasts that will literally just talk about anything that came out recently you know mm. we, uh,
3: yeah that's why that. stuff, right? oh like, why would you want to only talk about new stuff right why would you want to be
1: pop culture related <clears throat> we would but, never no exactly but you know yeah. as as uh by today where we talked about two very modern movies that weren't made 30 oh, yeah. plus years ago right um, exactly i only realized that the other day and it made me feel so old because i remember that movie yeah, it does feel out. like yeah. i love these movies mm-hmm. that came out five years ago they were great <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh wait,
0: I'm fucking old. Awesome, it's yeah. just so
1: depressing. You're like, yeah, like Batman Begins wasn't that long ago. Oh shit, I know that
0: one doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah, and it's you're like, awful. oh, so, we've had many incarnations what? since then, David.
1: There are children. There are people out there drinking now who weren't born when that movie was out. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we, we've uh, we've we've run the gamut from one end to the other. Um, the, the earliest movies that we could find, uh, you know, we've talked about. I mean, these aren't the earliest movies horror wise that were ever made, but we've talked mm. about uh, Frankenstein and Dracula, which a lot of people will go to as, as like their kind of like the the earliest examples of like blockbuster horror, I guess. But even right. before that, you've got um, the Cabinet of Doctor Cagliari. Yeah I, didn't know yeah, I never know how to say it Yeah, No, I, and the problem is, because I like Lupin, I always say Cagliostro, and that's wrong. I shouldn't, <laughs> you know. Can you imagine a Lupin movie where some guy just jumps out of a coffin and drags a victim up this rig, rig, rackety old staircase that's been designed to be very unsafe, but very cool looking, which... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even imagine a Lupin movie. I don't even know what that oh, is. Oh, now you need to watch a Lupin movie. Um, Lupin is just uh, like one of the... the just funniest anime um there, there's a lot of good oh. stuff out there um is
2: that like uh uh lupin the third yeah that's him is that like a part of
1: the that's that franchise yeah lupin the third oh, okay, cool. um so he's uh there's a really good cg version uh which is called lupin the third the first which isn't oh. absolutely oh, confusing <laughs> that one's really Did that come
2: cool. out a, a couple of years ago that's
1: right yeah um okay that's a really good one that's well worth yeah. giving a look at um okay. we reviewed that on generation animation and loved it and i went on mm. tangent about big blue scorpion bastards and now that's a song on the album that we're me and are <laughs> working on um, you know we we have a band we, we have a name which is unexpected bears which is the greatest name for any Ooh. band ever uh, i love we, it we just don't have any musical talent so we've got oh, the band do need that <laughs> do you, you not that stop you. oh brilliant that's brilliant news um, yeah, we've got um, the t-shirts, we've got the band name, but we don't have any albums or any songs or we've got song titles, but we don't have songs to go with them yet. That's all. That's a good start. That's all that's, you really need. I I feel do, like you, yeah. do you really need content to be a good band? I'm not no. sure you do. No, no, no. You just don't, buy the box. 276
2: even, so. episodes into this thing. You don't need talent or content yeah. or anything. <laughs> I
1: <laughs> I disagree with you entirely. You guys are very funny. I've always enjoyed listening to the show and uh well, I've, I've enjoyed that. my time i mean i i was basically kind of fishing for an invite i saw you saying about batman <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna download the shit out of this show and i was like no. eventually if i keep looking like i'm really really interested in the show which i am they're gonna have me back on and it worked <laughs> no uh, look look, that's a good plan. Uh, we, we always
2: look forward to to talking to you and we want to have you on uh as often as possible but uh, this year got away from us for a, a few reasons and uh yep. yeah so we we, we couldn't uh, make that happen until now but we are uh but how perfect now so grateful to have you back yeah this is this is perfect right. really enjoying it as we all just know the show just went so perfectly
1: i've i've enjoyed That'll it greatly kind of I, and i'll, I'll see right. you guys next time <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so how about a sync word of uh, adios off of the adios. Adios. Yeah. adios i have nothing okay. else from the actual things we said
2: but uh <laughs> that we're signing off now it's it's we're recording using audio and there we're saying go. goodbye at the same time. So uh-huh. adios, adios, that works. Like it. That works. All
0: right. We could also do so,
2: aloha. I'll just, uh, uh, just throw that out there
0: because that's no, that's impossible. That ciao. wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Because we're getting, we're ending <laughs> and we're starting again. I'm just saying it's both. It's whatever you want to, whatever want to do.
2: No, adios. i already said I, I'm an old man. I'm stuck in my ways. I will not change. Fair enough, man. <laughs> All right. So adios to sync on three, one, two, three. Adios.
3: L-P-A-M